This past week, on July 5th, 2019, the Jurassic community lost one of its brightest stars. Astrid Vega, otherwise known as the Jurassic Collection, was one of the biggest fans that the Jurassic community has ever seen. She truly found her place in the world through the Jurassic franchise, which was obviously so, so important to her, and um, that showed through everything that she did in this community, and uh, of course over on YouTube. Um, her, her channel on YouTube was probably the most comprehensive page that you could ever visit for Jurassic Park, um, and the entirety of the franchise. You could find videos on absolutely everything, and you just see the amount of work that she did and, and put in for everybody else, not just herself. But, of course, you can't mention Astrid without mentioning her incredible collection. Um, it was it was unbeatable, really. I mean, the, the amount of toys and the merchandise and everything that she owned, she had rooms worth of merchandise from the the franchise and to the point where you know she created a restaurant called prehistoric land and in, in down in mexico where she lived um and it's just it was an incredible looking place i've you know you i've watched the video on youtube you can actually see the entirety of it um showcased on her channel and it's just it's beautiful you can see her heart and her passion um right there in the video and in that restaurant everything that she did it's just uh it's really really heartbreaking to see that uh she passed away and uh somebody that was you know described as beautiful and funny passionate a legend um you know she was always incredibly kind uh to us here and and certainly warm-hearted to the entire fan base and you can tell that she um uh, was somebody that really just truly touched the entire fan fan base. So I I hate to, you know, report such horrible news for you all, but it's yeah, it's it's rough. So if you guys need any um help, if you need a, a person to reach out to, of course we are here for everybody. But Astrid will of course never be forgotten in the Jurassic community and, and certainly not here at the Jurassic Park podcast. We we love everything that she's ever done and she's been such a valuable source and friend for everybody in this community and uh, she will truly be missed. At the end of this episode, I, I'll include um, the audio from a video of hers. She was um, voted second place in the Tongle uh, fan contest for Jurassic Park um, back last year, and she produced an incredible video really telling her story, and I want you guys to hear that if you haven't heard it already, or even if you have, just take another second to listen to it, because it's incredible, and you know, I, I, I want to include the audio for those who haven't had a chance to watch her videos, but please do us a favor and, and go check out her channel. Um, I know it's too little too late, but go go give it a watch, and just just see what she's done and she see everything that she's done for this community and who she really was. Um, and, and take a listen to the audio at the end of this. Um, I think you'll, you'll really, really like it. So Astrid, we, um, we miss you and we love you and, uh, rest in peace.
remain calm. Back for more, huh? Oh, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and, and screaming. Somebody talk to me! What is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. <laughs> How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. Hold on to your butt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 197th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss... All things Jurassic Park. My gosh, we are climbing dangerously close to episode 200, and I I still have not planned it yet, so (laughs) we'll get there, we'll get there, but um, in today's episode, we have the return of the Visitor Center segment, guys. This is uh, uh, truly something that's been uh, long overdue, but we have Clayton Fioriti on the show today to learn all about his fandom his passion, what he does in this community, and of course, we can't help but talk about the future of the franchise, where everything is currently. I think you guys will really, really love this uh, episode here today. It's been, like I said, a long time since we've opened up the doors to the Visitor Center, and I think you guys are going to love this one. Um, I don't need to uh, tell you guys further You know who Clayton is. You know who he is. He has all the incredible videos over on YouTube showcasing all of his thoughts and theories. And, um, you know, you guys definitely know who he is. So please stay tuned for that. We're actually going to jump pretty quickly into that segment because it was a long one. We, ever, I feel like every time we do record together, we've recorded a, a few times so far. And he's been on the show before, but just not in such a large, large capacity like this. And um, every time we record... We end up recording for probably like another hour and a half or more afterwards. And we're like, oh my gosh, we just can't stop because we have this the same passion for uh, this franchise. And it it shows, I think, when you listen to us talk. So please enjoy that segment. But of course, we do have some business to take care of. So first off, we're going to, of course, start over on YouTube. So I did quite a bit of work for you guys over the past week um, for YouTube specifically because we were pretty lax on uploading all the episodes, these episodes that you're listening to right now over on YouTube. So I finally got around to editing like, I don't know, like six or seven episodes. Uh, Let's see here. Oh, man. We have, like, a Jurassic Wire from May. I think that was the first one. We put up uh, the June mailbag, uh, the Amber Finds, Hunters and Gatherers with Jurassic Dave, and, of course, Jay Jurassic. We did uh, the Arjun Boss uh, audio drama for Hammond and Lockwood Fallout. Uh, that aired. Also, we um, we have a few more that have not aired as of this recording but who knows by the time this is uploaded um another jurassic wire for june uh the jurassic mailbag for july (laughs) and uh uh the the i think last episode which was the the jurassic world the ride breakdown so yeah i uploaded all these things and some of which have not um hit the air just yet but uh keep your eyes peeled because they're all either there or coming Outside of that, though, I actually did a few other videos for you guys. I'm trying to get back on a better schedule over on YouTube. 
um, because I feel like I've been missing out over there for you for you guys and and all the content. So I actually finally got started on some more reviews. So I uploaded my review of the Quetzalcoatlus, um, which is a, a you know a crazy flying creature. And that toy is incredible. I really, really like that one. So go check that 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 thing out. It's a it's a beast. It's really cool. Um, I also did a video on which um, you know I probably should mention here in the news today, but uh, I'm skipping over the news. So I'll just mention it right now. The Jurassic World Amber Collection, which was kind of reported on by Jurassic Outpost as something that's going to be coming here in the future, which is a six inch toy line. Now we did get a look at them back at. Um, San Diego Comic-Con last year, 2018, and um, we're supposed to get some more news this week, so hopefully we have some stuff for you um, to report on next week, but uh, that's the Jurassic World Amber Collection, which they revealed um, the Jurassic Park-styled Raptor, which is really, really incredible looking. We had already seen Ian Malcolm revealed at um, uh, Comic-Con, but uh, now we get a look at the Raptor, and these things look pretty cool. I'm not too keen on... um, uh, Ian, but the Raptor looks incredible. So go check out that video where I showcase those items and talk all about them. And uh, I also did review um, the Dino Rivals Baryonyx, uh, which is a pretty cool toy. It's a repaint of one of you know the previous Baryonyx. Baryonyx, um, but uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. And I also did um, a, another live stream. Finally, I got around to doing another one. Um, and I've been using new software, so I, I've been trying to give you guys some really, really quality content outside of the podcast itself. And quality, I don't know, that's just my own words, but uh, you guys got to watch and let me know if it's quality or not. I actually have been live streaming myself, so you can see me um, using new software, so I have backgrounds. I'm using the green screen, getting the backgrounds up behind me, so you can see uh, what I'm talking about uh, whether it's a video or an image or, or whatnot. And in this live stream, uh, live stream, which I've been kind of titling Let's Talk Jurassic, we talked all about the battle-damaged Spinosaurus, which is coming from Mattel, and the Jurassic Park Mondoids, which are these newly announced um, vinyl figures from Mondo. Uh, Mondo releases all kinds of prints, uh, collectibles, um, all kinds of stuff. And the, the newest venture is these Mondoids, which are these weird, um, uh, I don't know if they're Funko Pop-esque, but they're sort of, I think they're along those lines, but they look uh, gross. Like, that's, the I guess, the point. They're supposed to be, like, gross 80s, 90s style um, toys or, or just figures. So go check out that live stream. I talked all about those two things, the, the Spinosaurus and those Mondoids, uh, two, uh, which there are two of, two variations. So go check out that. But, um... That's, uh, I think, about it for last week. Um, and, uh, yeah, some of those episodes are coming this week, so keep your eyes peeled for the Jurassic Wire, the Jurassic Mailbag, and the Ride Breakdown video. Um, so, yeah, check that out. And, of course, this week, what else? I have no idea. Probably some more reviews, probably some more live streams, all that good stuff. So I appreciate you guys um, indulging me here in this uh taking care of business segment each and every week. Uh, I'm sorry to constantly be reporting on what I'm doing, but uh, that's how we survive here at the Jurassic Park Podcast. Please go support us over on YouTube. It really, really means a lot if you subscribe, share it around, like all the videos, comment, do all the cool things over there. We really, really appreciate it. But that's enough of me rambling for today. Why don't we go ahead and open up those doors of the Visitor Center and chat with Clayton Fioriti.
We're back inside the visitor center today, and it's it's looking pretty good in here, I think. You know, outside of maybe that that large gaping hole over there on the side of the wall that's just kind of covered with plastic. We don't talk about that area, and let's ignore that for today. But we have a fun guest on the show, and I think you guys know him from around the web with his in-depth videos over on YouTube, Clayton Fioriti. Clayton, how you doing, my friend? I am doing great. I'm very happy to be here. It's super, super cool of you to bring me on. Yeah, you know, sometimes we got to let people into the visitor center, give a little tour, talk about Jurassic Park. You know, it has to happen every now and then. It's been a while since we've opened up the visitor center, so I'm glad we could welcome you in. Yeah, I am too. Believe me, it's much nicer than being outside with the Raptors and stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes we do our Site B segment. It's been a while since we've done that. That We're usually like off in a swamp somewhere, and it's just, you don't want that. So this is nice, cozy, <laughs> aside from the draft coming in from the side over there. But I got some questions for you today. We're going to talk all about your history with the franchise, um, what you do on the internet here for Jurassic Park, and of course, we're going to talk about the movies, and um, I'm going to start you off with a tough question that I ask everybody. Everybody knows what's coming. If you Uh were stuck in a kitchen with a velociraptor, what would you do, and would you make it out alive? So there's no way I'm making it out alive, but um, <laughs> you, and there's no way I can fit into any hiding area either. So I guess I'm just going to like get their attention and see if I could possibly injure one of them just so I don't go out dying scared. But yeah, yeah that's the, yeah, unfortunately, um, I think I'm not going to make it. <laughs> I, I know. I, I'm sorry. I kind of expect that from most answers is just <laughs> it's just a little too tough, to be honest. I, I don't know how I would do either. And, and luckily, nobody has asked me yet, I don't think. But um, <laughs> it's it's a tough situation. And there's really not much getting out of that aside from being those two kids in that movie at that right, time. Right. Uh, being lucky, having all these little, you know, incidents come together for you to get out of there. Um, but yeah, I, I guess if you kind of like went in hard and just faked it out and just started attacking, it wouldn't, maybe it wouldn't expect that, you know, cause it's a predator. It thinks that everything's afraid of it. And if you, if you just go the other way, you might shock it. Right. Like that's what I always assume, always assume, like, I know I'm wrong, but like if I'm in the woods and like a bear is out there, I'm just going to go nuts, right? I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> Maybe hey, scare man, it, it off. Worked for Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I you know, I was I was going to add I'm going to also do gymnastics. So <laughs> that will freak out everybody. Yeah, they're going to be like, what? Just like in the Lost World. They're not going to see that coming at all. Literally, they're sitting there like, I remember we watched the the, the Lost World, and that one girl did it, and it didn't work out, so let's get out of here. Yeah, that's going to scare them. Yeah. That's, that scares all raptors. You know? <laughs> it's, their, they're, it's their kryptonite. <laughs> their intelligent brains can only comprehend so much, and when they see mammals spinning, they're just, they, they must flee. Just limbs all over the place is horrifying. <laughs> To raptors, like for me, it's like spiders and stuff. For raptors, it's just limbs all over. <laughs> so yeah, I get it. I get it. It is kind of scary. If, if honestly, if somebody was on a, a bar flipping around, coming at me, I'd be terrified too. So yeah, yeah. gotta give them some credit there. <laughs> <laughs> so I, of course, we, we got to talk about the movies and, and your videos and everything. But I want to go back to the beginning, um, and I want to know, like, where did Jurassic Park first come into your life? So, so bring us down memory lane here and tell us about how you first got into the franchise. Oh, geez. Um, man, I tell you, it's been with me forever. The first Jurassic Park movie I obviously saw was the first one. So I can remember being a kid and that logo being inescapable. 
like everywhere you go, there's Jurassic Park toys, there's Jurassic Park, uh, were they called Viewmasters, where you put the... Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, with the little button on the side, so it like skipped yeah, around, yeah. yeah. I had those, there was, there's video games, obviously, there were coloring, there was a lot of Jurassic Park coloring books that don't get talked about, quite frankly, <laughs> but I had, a, <laughs> I had quite a lot of those, and uh, I, I remember seeing the movie... I, I was super young and uh, I, I remember seeing the movie and then I remember getting the movie on VHS and I, I was probably about three years old when I got it on VHS. Um, and I remember, this is a weird story to like mention, but my aunt, <laughs> she was a, uh, she was a science teacher for an elementary school and she tells me, Hey, uh, I've got two videotapes for you, and they were sitting on a desk in her classroom, and one was um, this red videotape of, like, National Geographic's, like, Turtles or something from the 80s, and the other one was Jurassic Park, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, um, thank you, you know, recognizing that logo, I was like, yeah. uh, I just stared at that for, like, an hour before I got home and watched it, having already seen it, obviously, but... Uh -huh. Um, but yeah, man, the original Jurassic Park has been with me, uh, for, for pretty much ever. And I can remember, um, the hype for the lost world being significant as well, because, you know, when you're, when you're a little kid, dinosaurs interests pretty, I think dinosaurs interest all children, as far as I'm concerned, or at least most children. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when you see Jurassic Park as a kid and you're super impressionable, it leaves a pretty big impact on you. And, uh, you know, I obviously watched other dinosaur movies like the Valley of Guanji or um, King Kong, like the black and white King Kong, Godzilla movies, obviously. But Jurassic Park was like, it, it was just, it was real. I mean, even today, looking at like the advancements in CGI, Jurassic Park is still real dinosaurs to me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's where it started. I was just a little kid. It's I, I can't remember the very first time I saw it because I watched it so many times before I even owned the VHS. And uh, this is all before Lost World. So, like, it was pretty, uh, it was a pretty big part of my life, pretty much forever. And, yeah. you know, toys helped that, too. I had pretty much every Jurassic Park toy you could imagine. <laughs> Down from uh, Triceratops is getting eaten by my packs of raptors. And uh, I had I didn't have the Red Rex. But I did have the junior. Uh, mm, yeah. The, with the, uh, with the little uh, bite out of the side of it, right? Yeah, the young T-Rex. Yeah. That was the one I had. I mean, had like three or four. When I say junior, um, I usually think of the baby from The Lost World. I have like oh, several okay. of those. But I had the young T-Rex from Jurassic Park 1. And uh, yeah, I played with that thing probably more than any of the other ones. But um, yeah, man, it's ever since a young kid, Jurassic Park's always been there. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a fair way to look at it. it it's one of those things where um you know it's it's always been there and I honestly don't remember the first experience either. Like it's kind of tough when you're that young remembering all the way back right. there is is very very difficult. I more so remember a lot of the times with The Lost World and and stuff like that, but you know, I saw it back in 93. I just don't remember it all that much. I remember actually even prior to that you know, when my mom was reading the book for the first time on the front porch. Ooh. And like, I remember that and that got me intrigued. But, you know, and of course, I remember things like um, maybe not going to see them, but watching The Land Before Time and and having oh, yeah. all these dinosaur books and stuff like that. But when something is is so impactful to you these days, you know, 
26 years later, it kind of hurts to think like, I wish I remembered that, that first moment or that first experience. I know a lot of people do, so that, that must be a great memory, but I unfortunately don't have that. So it's tough. Yeah. Same here. And I mean, granted, like it's, it was such a part of, I'm sure most of our lives that I mean, as soon as you saw a glimpse of Jurassic Park, you had the Jurassic Park experience. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, once you see those dinosaurs, it's it's no it's no matter of like, oh, I've seen that movie. It's oh no, I've seen Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen like what they can do. And I remember that like my most fond memory is the uh, the T Rex is uh, getting attacked by the Velociraptors in the visitor center. That was uh, the one thing that stuck with me forever. I know that. For different fans, it's different things. You know, maybe they think of the Brachiosaurus encounter for the first time, which is probably, I'd say most people. But for me, like it was the T-Rex and Raptor fight, but it was also um, Must Go Faster. That was just in my mind, like from a kid, like forever. Just Mm -hmm. thinking about how outrunning a dinosaur is just the scariest (laughs) especially for a kid for me i was just like oh my god this woman is screaming curse words and this guy's got a hurt leg (laughs) (laughs) yeah it it was was intense you know yeah everybody does center on the brachiosaurus but like even for me such an impactful moment is the velociraptor opening sequence like just the the vibe of that whole sequence um just how dark and ominous the score underneath, how it has, it's like very different than a lot of the, the score throughout the movie. Um, and that is just something that like really impacted me. And I remember listening to that on the, on my CD, like over and over again and um, using that like in school projects and all this stuff. It was always like a big thing for me is the music. So that, that's something that like helped keep it alive. You also mentioned like the, the uh, VHS tapes, those, that was like a, a completely different time. I know, you know, kids can watch these movies whenever they want now, you know, anywhere, mm-hmm. anytime. But something about the VHS tape with, with the grain and, and just the quality of it on the, these giant box TVs or whatever they may be, like there was something special about that. And like, especially The Lost World, when you started that movie up on, on VHS. <laughs> Dude, that was, there's nothing like it on VHS. It's it's so dark. There's that long black intro for what seems like an eternity, and then it fades in. Like that is something that's really impactful for me is, is just watching those movies on VHS. I remember when I got The Lost World, it scared the hell out of me. But what I used to do, I lived in a trailer park in the 90s, right? And I used to take the Lost World VHS. I don't know why I did this. I don't know what the logic was, but I'd put it in a wagon, and I'd like, carry the wagon from house to house to each kid and be like, Hey, do you want to watch lost world? And like <laughs> and the parents would be like, why didn't you just carry the tape? Like, why is it in a wagon? I don't know why, but I was thinking, I was like, this is like a special movie. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't, can't just like pick it up and like carry it. But um, you talk about lost world VHS. The first thing that always comes to my mind is the, uh, that Mercedes Benz commercial that played in oh, front of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um i know it's different in uh the uk it's still a mercedes-benz commercial but it's like a different uh song i just think of the never (laughs) that's the lost world jurassic park right right there there. yeah (laughs) and another thing i forget where which um 
what it came with specifically, but there was like um, a separate VHS. Do you remember that? Um, was it? I think it was with the first movie, right? Was it I'm, the I'm hard... making of the ride, or was it the no, making of Jurassic? Park? It was Park? just the making of Jurassic Park, I believe. And yeah, with James Earl Jones. I think so. Yeah, and and uh, that's something like I loved. I probably watched that more than the actual film itself. Oh, really? Like, wow. it, yeah, it's just something about that. The behind the scenes making stuff really intrigued me as a kid. And, and you know, so much that it impacts me today where I'm like, you know, nothing is ever going to be like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a big that's I was thinking about that the other uh, the other day. You know, we have these advancements in uh, visual effects. And, you know, today, probably the most technical level would be something like Avatar. But even when Avatar came out in 2009, that was still nothing compared to the leap that Jurassic Park was because it was oh, no, a yeah. true leap. Like, you know, before that, you think of probably the biggest advent was, I mean, I guess you have to make a case for Star Wars, which was in 77. But when Jurassic Park comes out in 93, um, by the way, George Lucas, uh, I mean, that's popular. George Lucas, you know, he saw Jurassic Park. He thought, okay, I can make the prequels, but he actually was, um, I think Spielberg put him in charge of actually overseeing a lot of the visual effects during mm -hmm. Jurassic Park's uh, development. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is, it's just fascinating for me as a movie fan to know that. It's like, what? So yeah. George Lucas is connected to Jurassic Park and Star Wars? <laughs> you know, I was just recently recently watching that um, Phantom Menace behind the scenes or documentary. I don't know I if you've seen that. that. It's called like The Beginning. Mm -hmm. That thing is amazing. It's just like an hour long documentary, something like I like I was saying before, something that we just don't get anymore. And I just yeah. I remember watching like Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. He's just like showing Steven Spielberg around like the set. He's like, yeah, and here's here's our droids that we're gonna use. Yeah, and, and, our battle and, droid. Yeah, and Steven's just like, oh wow, this is this is cool, you know. And they're they're like talking about like this franchise it was really really cool to see mm -hmm. and and that's the type of interactions i miss i want to get stuff like that like ah oh, that it's would be very amazing. rare these days i mm -hmm. mean and i don't know why that is maybe it's because of uh uh dog eat dog sort of world that is in the filmmaking business i don't really know how to explain it but um you're right in those old making of like james earl jones was in the making of jurassic park and he actually came, it was him. Like he wasn't like just a voiceover or something. He it's, was walking around in the museum. It's and all this cool. crossover that we're talking about. You know, you have yeah. George crossing <laughs> over to Jurassic and Steven to Star Wars and now James Earl Jones. Like, it, yeah, everybody just helped each other out back then. Like, yeah. and that's definitely not something you get. Now it's all about, we need to promote. And that's what I, I di really, really dislike about a lot of the current um, franchises and a lot of their uh, promotional stuff like um, Jurassic has been super guilty of this. They'll show like a three minute clip of behind the scenes. And then at the end of that, it'll be like, please buy all the DVDs. Uh, you know, they're all for <laughs> sale today. You know, like you're like, I, I, I'm watching it on DVD. I have, them. Oh my God, I yeah. have them all. You don't need to sell me. So I understand if you're going to put that online and most of these were put online, but right. don't include that on the DVD. That just bothers me. Like, it's all about selling. You got to sell it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, well, it's extremely frustrating. I don't remember if it was Jurassic World or if it was Fallen Kingdom, but I remember watching the uh, special features and it said, um, own on video or uh, own on home release. And I was like, well, how do you think I'm watching these? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's exactly Trying to sell it. me it's... another copy? <laughs> yeah, uh, they just... 
I don't know. I really don't know what it is, but um, it's all about, you know, it's like a clip show, a highlight reel. It's it's not about really diving the, deep, the stuff that it, we right. want. You know, the, the closest one was The Last Jedi actually did a really, really good one. They actually had like a full documentary on it, and it was more like the beginning, you know, that uh, oh, Phantom really? Menace I one. need to check that out. Then. Yeah, that yeah, I think you'd really, really be into it. Uh, you didn't necessarily like the movie, right? Uh, it's beautiful. It's, it's very good visually. I think The Last Jedi, it's not my least favorite Star Wars movie, but it's certainly towards the bottom. Okay, yeah. Um, well, uh, no matter yeah, what, I, like, no matter what, you can appreciate all the stuff that goes into behind the scenes, and, and totally, that's what we want. Yeah. Like, they should follow that format for, for Jurassic movies and future movies, and and I'm sure, like, re-releases down the road again. Yeah, uh, I would love that. And, I mean, for all, not just uh, the two new Jurassic World movies. I know they did making ofs for jp3 but i want a real making of of jp3 where like we go oh this was the script that you were talking oh yeah here comes michael Crichton walking in he's supposed to do a screen you know what i mean like yeah um, nowadays when people will talk maybe a little bit more freely about stuff and and not be you know so hinged on like well we got to be you know corporate friendly here and not, not spoil anything and you want something like legit, something that That's they'll be like, so you know, cool about um, that, that episode one documentary is so cool. Cause it's just, it's real. Like yeah. what happened in Tunisia where they got the sets destroyed and George like sitting in the theater uh, looking at the first cut and then like all the storyboards that he's like scribbling over um, the, the casting of uh, Anakin Skywalker. It's fascinating to look at and see, yeah. you know, cause if you care about these franchises, you care about what goes into them and, and in my opinion, looking at the Phantom Menace, it's like all these people were dead set on making the best quality product they possibly could. Whether or not it turned out that way is debatable, but it's fascinating to like get a peek behind the curtain and go, oh man, so like they're real people. They're not just like, like you said, products or something. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a process that's, it fascinates me, you know, back with the original Jurassic Park where Spielberg's talking about having the raptor turn its head around to like look at the kids i don't know if you've oh, seen this yeah, yeah it's very fascinating stuff it's just people talking about like movies that we love yeah you don't you don't need to like score it you know you don't have to have like some right. underlying score and like quick cuts and all this fancy editing just ha- like literally that documentary just had you know three like little boys that were auditioning to play anakin skywalker had mm. had natalie portman and like some some of the crew there and they just went for it and they're like well you know this this kid nailed it but i don't know if he's you know he can improvise at all but jake lloyd this kid over here he he was off the cuff but like i think he's got some heart like so you you like hear all this this really intimate stuff that you feel like you shouldn't be hearing and yeah that that's that's beautiful fun fact about that uh documentary if you pay attention to jake lloyd during i don't know what he's doing but he's picking something up off the ground he has a lost world jurassic park uh watch from burger king on his wrist oh are you serious i wasn't watching that closely oh no that's awesome that yeah, is amazing I, I picked it up the last time i watched it. i was like <laughs> what is that the stegosaurus watch <laughs> oh and you know like bringing it back to jurassic this this is hilarious how it all ties together like this but like stuff like that like those watches from burger king really kept mm. me invested and and the toys for the lost world i think the lost world really um, did wonders as far as keeping me around and in the fandom, especially even through the uh, Jurassic Park three days where I kind of even waned off a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. 
But what was it for you over the years? Um, did you ever have a point where you faded away and you needed something to bring you back? Like, how did you keep the fandom alive for yourself? Oh, God, yeah. Um, well, like you, I was super into Lost World. I had all the toys. I had multiples of toys. I had, like, you know, that arcade game where you sit down and, like, shoot the dinosaurs was mm -hmm. fun. And everything Lost World I was super into, but I was subconsciously aware that not everyone liked Lost World. Like, I never met a kid that didn't like it, but I know that for a fact, like, there were adults around. Even my dad couldn't finish the movie. And, like, it, huh. it's so funny. Like, we would go hunting and be in, like, a, a big stand. He'd be like, hey, Clayton, this is just like that scene in The Lost World where those guys were, like, in the tree. And I was like, oh, yeah, Dad. And Dad was like, <laughs> I don't know how that movie ends. But... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but, like, it was funny. Um, eventually, he did watch it, like, years later, and he was like, that's the best Jurassic Park movie out of the ball. Wow. Like, wow. At the time, like, Lost World was either you loved it or you were, like, you know, some people just fell off then. I didn't fall off, but what did make me fall off was uh, Jurassic Park 3. And it's funny, for the first year, I was super into Jurassic Park 3 from like 2001 to 2002. I was all about like, oh my God, Grant, he's back at recess. Like I would be Dr. Grant and like <laughs> my best friend would be like Billy. And we would all <laughs> pretend to like run from Pteranodons and the Spinosaurus. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> like about a year later, I just keep thinking of like, man, they, you know, they killed the T-Rex really quickly in that movie. And then like from that, it was... You know, I don't, I don't think a Pteranodon can pick up a 13-year-old boy and carry him off like that. You know, just it started to get to the point where I was just super critical of it. And it lasted that way for years. Uh -huh. And, you know, during this whole time, I was Googling uh, Jurassic Park 4. Just search engines on, I swear, almost At a, 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 a daily basis. As like, were we all, yeah. that oh, that it's, is It's coming. It's coming. That is but, such a yeah. hilarious time to analyze because we are all doing the same thing. Like... Like we're about to find and uncover some information about Jurassic Park four, and right. you know I was on all the the movie news sites because back then, like movie news sites weren't really what they are today, and no. they were like more niche, and and you felt like you were really part of something. And I would always like wait for that, like, and it was more like a a, a news feed kind of thing where like you would just wait to see what popped up and. I, I, every time I heard something or saw something about Jurassic Park 4, I just went nuts because like mm -hmm. you, like Jurassic Park 3, I just faded off and I didn't I wasn't necessarily thinking about it critically. I don't that stuff doesn't really get to me all that much. It was just more the fact that like I just didn't believe in it at that time. And I guess yeah. maybe it was because I I was I just finished like my freshman year of high school. So I'm like too cool for school, you know, like I'm it's it's summer and, and maybe I had well I'm not too cool because I had band camp following that up so I I was just not you know focused on Jurassic Park at that moment so Jurassic Park four was something that definitely kept me invested over the years you know yeah and um, I was getting older too I'm probably way younger than you but I was getting into a lot of like baseball and I was getting into soccer at the time and uh, you know another you know and another cool thing about that time period if we're talking about early 2000s, when Jurassic Park 3 came out and kind of, you know, fizzled away, right after that was like the birth of both Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. So there was other stuff that caught my attention to where I'd be like, oh, Gandalf's, you know, and on the back burner, it'd be like, oh, yeah, uh, T-Rexes are cool. Uh, I wonder when they're ever going to make Jurassic Park 4. It's got to be coming out, what, like 2004 or something? And like, you know, <laughs> as the years go on and it never comes out and you're, 
you know, you get older and you, you start to question, you're like, when are they, when's the next one coming out? Like it's, it's been forever. And I, I remember specifically around the time uh, Stan Winston and Michael Crichton died being like really worried that there would not be another one. Yeah. Because like, I was really into like Stan, I was getting into filmmaking at the time. Uh, this probably like 2008. And I was, you know, reading uh, tons of different scripts and looking at even more making of and behind the scenes stuff. And, and uh, especially the death of Michael Crichton kind of hit me kind of really hard. Cause I was like, Oh no. Um, yeah. I had a lot of respect for him and it's, it's never fun to have somebody that you, you know, look up to just suddenly they're gone. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, and it just kept, I kept getting older and I, eventually I was like done with college and like Jurassic Park <laughs> four, it's still not come out. Oh God. And, uh, it's funny. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those things where like in 2013, when Colin Trevorrow posted just that tweet that said Nublar, like that was the first time in years where my, my interest was like, Oh, something's going on like somewhere. But, uh, yeah, there was, yeah. there was always like a little bit of hope. You always felt like there was something out there would eventually happen, but it was kind of like a myth you know, like you also mm. did at the same time believe maybe I'll never see it like you were saying. And correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like I remember hearing like somebody like Steven say like, uh, you know, if you know, if my, Michael Crichton's not here, I don't know if we're going to continue it or something. I don't know uh, if yeah. I remember that correctly or not. Kathleen Kennedy okay. is the one that said that. And uh, and, you know, it, it was very understandable for her to say that because it was like, well, there goes the creator of Jurassic Park and there goes the creator of the dinosaurs. It's like geez like do you even make another one now um and, and you know it was also weird because as a kid you know looking back at the i hate to call it the original trilogy because <laughs> i don't want to make that comparison to star wars because i think star wars tells a story and it's three movies and jurassic park's kind of like uh here's a movie here's the next part and here's something random <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it, it, that, yeah so you know what i mean so it's like it, it never felt like a complete story to me it felt like jurassic park and then it felt like really cool and, and different and serious lost world which was a sequel but it wasn't a sequel really it was more like temple of doom compared to raiders in my opinion you know what yeah, i mean yeah exactly yeah and but but like jp3 was no last crusade that was like just, nope <laughs> yeah that oh was imagine it that was completely oh. different that um, would that would have been amazing if it was if it had that level uh, of hype yeah, behind like it, the finality uh. to it, and which is what I I wanted, like the closer, and you know, as an adult to hear about all the problems that they had behind the scenes and stuff. I've I've developed like a certain appreciation for Jurassic Park Three. I'm actually that movie's production is what fascinates me the most for like all the movies. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, it was one of those things where it it never felt complete. It felt abandoned, you know. And with the Jurassic World movies finally coming out, and it's like. Here's part one where we have the Indominus. We, we introduce these characters and we set up the Indoraptor. Here's part two. We get the Indoraptor and we set up dinosaurs in the mainland. And for all intents and purposes, that idea has not been thrown out yet. So I'm excited to see dinosaurs in the mainland. You, yeah. you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It feels like a story is being told, whereas Jurassic Park was more like, here's our story. Here's our other story that's kind of related, kind of not. And then here's 
uh, have fun with this one. You know. Well, well, what do you like better? Do you like that connected storytelling in in this this new trilogy, or do you like these separate stories from the past, like that are just don't necessarily need to make much sense together? I mean, I know me personally, I prefer the connective tissue. Mm -hmm. Like to me, because that's what I think makes a true uh, true trilogy, not so much a. You know, when they're more episodic, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you can have a lot of fun with Jurassic Park 3, but um, I, it just doesn't feel like a story. It just feels like, um, you know, here's a weird thing, uh, analogy, X-Files. Like, you know where the, when the X-Files would be on their alien story with Mulder's sister, you're like, oh, this is part of the story. But then they do like Fluke Worm Man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it like, yeah. come out of nowhere, which were cool. But it was like, well, this has nothing to do with the alien stuff. <laughs> it's a little sidetrack. We'll get back to the sister stuff, yeah. <laughs> right, right. And that's kind of what it felt like to me. I was like, uh-huh. well, now we, we never – and plus they had set up like the T-Rex in San Diego. And, you know, after reading the novels, it was like dinosaurs on the mainland was like a serious plot point and a serious thread that was never truly um, – I mean, it was kind of worked into the Lost World, but it wasn't really – presented to the audience in a serious manner it was like oh we shipped him back he's fine oh yeah it wasn't you know what i mean it wasn't like like an ongoing potential issue you know like a crisis yeah 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 we we contained it it's all good now but uh that was that was a lot scarier i think in the in the novels yeah well yeah those (laughs) they went to some dark places but uh yep yep yeah it's (laughs) it's kind of fascinating really uh, to see the you know the, the movies are much more geared towards, I would say, a more family audience, which is cool. But it's even cooler to know that that was originally like Mr. Crichton's vision before the publishing company was like, no, we need more scary. And so that's why the novels are like super dark and horror oriented. And the movies are more like, well, for everybody. Yeah. Um, So weird synergy there. But Mm. they get dark. (laughs) So uh, you kind of touched on some stuff there that I want to move into. Um, I want to talk about canon with you. I feel like you're a good mind to discuss canon about. So, so what are your what are your thoughts on canon? Because, like we were saying, like there's a small thread that kind of carries over throughout Jurassic Park, the first three, um, and that canon kind of you know it continues, and and you know people are confused and don't know what to believe is what. So, so what are your thoughts on canon itself in this? franchise um well as far as the movies go there's a certain ebb and flow that needs to be addressed you know the original jurassic park trilogy was very reactionary to how the audiences received each movie and the jurassic world movies have been too but you know they would change things whenever somebody didn't like it so for example in jurassic park 3 all those hands go up and there's like, does anybody not have a question that relates back to Jurassic park? You know, all the hands go down like, or the incident in San Diego, which I did not, but you know, it's kind of like a, Oh, okay. We're not going to talk about that. But, yeah. Um, and, and even with uh, something like the lost world, you know, in Jurassic park one, um, they make it pretty clear that, uh, you know, this, these embryos in this Barbasil can cannot survive after the 36 hours, but they set up a sequel, which meant that it probably would have taken place directly after it got fell in mud or whatever. Yeah. But uh, they threw that idea out. They introduced this brand new canon of this whole other island we didn't know about, which is cool. It's in the book, but it's like, you know, they're very, they were very reactionary to what they, they needed to do to tell a fun story. And, um, 
and you know they had canon supplementary material like websites around for lost world that made no sense like different looking <laughs> island uh yeah. different like all kinds of stuff going on with that but trespasser was another thing that was supposed to be canon but again made absolutely no sense and there was a reactionary backlash to that and you know that led to jp3 being completely on isla sorna but isla sorna's canon as being a redwoods forest was thrown out because we kind of need to disassociate ourselves with lost world so here's our beautiful uh, isla nublar jungle uh, you know what i mean like yeah yeah for those movies it's more like it's more like satisfy the audience more than yeah. like keep it congruent. And, you know, you see like two or three different engine logos in JP three. So it's like, Whoa, what's the, what's going on here? <laughs> right. um, no, no company synergy whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. But in, in, to be fair, that stuff still happens with the Jurassic world movies. Although with those movies, it's more of like mistakes that people make like, uh, you know, the, Oh gosh. Yeah. The, yeah. uh, uh, the lagoon being in the wrong location, even though in the same movie, we see the same map from Jurassic world that shows it in the center of the Island. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's an oversight, you know, like in uh, the lost world where there's an oversight to where you can see like the, uh, the wires going from the baby T-Rex's leg to Nick Van Owen's pocket or something yeah. like it's, it's a mistake now um, with a, and well, to be fair, they still, they're a little reactionary to audience members with Canon though. Um, or maybe oh, yeah. not necessarily with canon, but uh, like when they had that shot of uh, Claire stepping out of the plane and she's got boots on, like they made a point to show that to the audience. Oh, yeah. Like you a, knew you knew that was going to come even before in the movie. You're like, there's going to yeah. be something. And and we're watching Jen, you know, covering all the Bryce Dallas Howard stuff. And she's like covering the boots. And then, you know, that that's going to be a thing in the movie mm-hmm. that they're going to react to it. And things are going to change. And and that that reaction kind of messes with quite a bit to be honest like it creates this 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 tumbling of all right well now claire is you know rough and tumble she's going to be somebody who who can handle a gun who can you know go off on a trek and but we're gonna tell you this has always been the case this it was we're i swear you know look back here when when she was 19 she she you know was this person and then kind of lost herself in the middle and the the middle is what you know. That's the one that you know. So that in your head, this is the canon Claire. But mm. then it's like, well, you got to kind of rethink everything and rewire your brain. And it is very, very hard. It's very hard to like connect these threads in a different direction that you're not necessarily used to. And I know a lot of people struggle with that. Uh, you know, yeah. what like the reactionary canon. Well, and they did the same thing with Jurassic Park 3, where they made Grant, you know, who had this completed character arc where he suddenly loved kids. And that was the one thing that was like separating him from being closer with Dr. Uh, Sattler. And they open up with, uh, oh, hey, hey, my friend who's married with kids. Oh, I, God. I, I don't know if I hate him still, but yeah, uh, forget about the ending of the, and <laughs> you know that, what I mean? That is like a moment where I, that that's where it lost me you know, for, right. that was for the, the entire that was rest the, of the movie. Uh, the death of Hicks and Newt for most <sighs> people. <laughs> it was the uh, Alien 3 treatment. But. It, it was just like heartbreaking and they, they fake you out, you know, with the whole baby thing and you see Grant, you see Ellie, here's my husband. And you're like, wait, what? Like, no. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, and see now they, and this is the thing, the, the worst offense that they've ever done this for is the Velociraptor because they, in the original script for Jurassic Park and in the book, and I make it a point like every time I can, Velociraptors and Jurassic Park 
have always been noted as uh, Anteropus, which is Deinonychus. Now, even in Crash McCreary's art, it says Deinonychus. Mm-hmm. Like the, they used to be classified as Velociraptors, and when Michael Crichton wrote the book, but then like in Trespasser, John Hammond recorded audio. Richard Attenborough recorded audio as John Hammond going like, we never knew why they got so big and we found them in China. It's like, no, no, shut up. Don't say that. <laughs> like, you don't, you don't have to correct that. And then in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, where they actually show that it's the, you know, the Velociraptor species, which is the size of a chicken, Mongoliensis, it comes wow. up on like a computer screen. And I saw that and I was like, no, <laughs> you just canonized something that made you wrong. Uh, yeah. Do you, <laughs> like, do you, do you feel like they try to do too much in explaining things? Cause I, I, yeah. I kind of feel like that. It's just like, yeah. just let it go. The movies don't really make all that much sense together. So we don't mm. need to be star Wars is kind of my mentality. Well, and, and it, you're right. Cause it's unique to Jurassic park. Now they've done, Star Wars has done reactionary things before, like they cut down Jar Jar considerably in the prequels after the Phantom Menace. Sure, but in yeah. Part, like, we're not dealing with like alien species and different worlds. We're dealing with like a real animal, like in the fossil record, that you don't like. You you realize you reclassifying that animal when you don't have to makes you inadvertently wrong in the first place when you were right. Why did you do that? And it was mm-hmm. just to appease somebody. And it's like, well, come on, guys, show a little backbone, will you? <laughs> it's like you don't got to do that. Yeah. But uh, in and they do that. I feel like they did that more in the first trilogy than they're doing now. But it worries me that they'll like do it even more because at that point we may get something where like, oh uh, yeah, Isla Nubar blew up, but uh, uh, uh the, the four deaths, uh, Sorna's barren, but there's other <laughs> islands out there. And uh, surprise, surprise, there's dinosaurs <laughs> all over them. So uh, everybody get on the plane. We're going to crash over there. And it's like, yeah. oh, no, you set it up. Don't do it again. So Yeah, well, it, I, I know somebody just posted. Uh, actually, I think it was um, the uh, – I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the account. But um, I think Jen and Josh run that one where they repost the, the pictures in high resolution from mm-hmm, the movies. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry guys I'm blanking on the name Jurassic of the account. Vault? Yeah, there it is, Jurassic Vault. Um, can't remember everything. Sorry. Um, and they posted that picture of like the volcano uh, aftermath. You know, like, and it, it. You know, the island is certainly destroyed for a, a big majority of it, but there are so many pockets of untouched, you know, by lava land. So, you know, yes, they could say that this this island is dead and gone, but they could always bring it back. You never know, you know? Right. Yeah, something's always going to survive in these movies. Like, yeah. let's get real. And oh, there was even, yeah. I'm sure Crichton has a note somewhere on a, another novel that we had, we know nothing about. That's probably like, well, the disease wasn't entirely fatal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because that's just how things work. I mean, yeah. you always have to have a back door like Nedry for your, yeah. You know, next thing but. and speaking speaking of nedry like that is something I, I i feel like never has to die the the canister um you know yes oh, i agree with you yeah. yes yes because like the the timing the expiration on on the coolant in there like that makes sense of course but there is no reason to ever believe that that storyline is dead you know in mm. if jurassic world 3 opens up 1993 
with oh, literally that. a team going to get that canister, and then that team turns out to be Biosyn, and then you see mm-hmm. you see like uh, an assortment of like cut scenes where they're testing out stuff. You see that they eventually, after years of working, they fail, they give up, and now you cut to 2021. And there's another chance for them to come back and steal something to do something to have their second shot. I think that could work, you know, and and it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to even tie like the can the can doesn't need to do much of anything outside of say you failed, you need to try again later. So mm. stories are never dead, you know. Like like I said about the island, we can always go back. It's not necessarily dead. They can always find a way. And especially with viral stuff and everything, they're always trying to weave in these these stories that do and do not work at times. So I'm I'm interested to see how they weave things in. And it would be cool though. I would I would appreciate if they touched on that that canister again, even though we know the life cycle of that thing is is dead and gone. But with flashbacks it all works. Well even even uh with the life cycle being dead, it was something they were pursuing heavily in the two thousands. Um yeah. With the, the John Sales script. They were still like, oh well the the DNA is like still there. I mean, the embryos might be dead, but we there's something that we could get out of that. And I mean, and and that was an idea that Spielberg had specifically for a sequel. Like he said that he's like that was gonna be JP two, until you know, you know what happened. The book happened, and yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that got fast tracked. But anyways, like that connective tissue to the very first incident in Jurassic Park where Nedry steals those embryos, I think would make for a really good capping off on all six movies um, for a multitude of reasons. I mean, number one, it's it's like we've said, it's a plot thread that's never really been continued apart from the Telltale game. But mm-hmm. And, and yeah. that's another good example of canon that, you know, never lined up. <laughs> yeah. <It's, laughs> which is, look, it's not like a, a flaw. I cite. One of my favorite series is Evil Dead, right? And like, I don't know if you've seen the Evil Dead movies, but like the Evil Dead movies <laughs> and continuity non-existent and they're they're all sequels <laughs> and like they remake the first movie in like the first 10 minutes of the sequel and it, it's like barely similar to it at all uh-huh. and 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 so i'm not that stressful on it even though i would prefer if they were all lined up perfectly it's it's i understand that it's a little more difficult with jurassic because for some reason there is this expectation out of it that it'd be more serious and more grounded and more realistic and more tough compared to something like star Wars or Indiana Jones. When in reality, I mean, really it's kind of on the same level, just not a lot, not a lot of people really look at it that way, but I mean, I going back through all the movies, even recently I rewatched lost world with my nine-year-old sister. And I was like, this movie's nowhere near as like realistic as I thought it was. I mean, like the just Dieter, falling down a hill and getting attacked by compies my sister is like why doesn't he just stop drop and roll and <laughs> was like, you know what that would have worked probably really well for him <laughs> like it, yeah it was, it was just something or like why is he walking so far away in, in my mind I'm makes like, no that's, sense <laughs> that's how we get the compie attack shut up <laughs> yeah you gotta walk yourself into that trap yeah <laughs> you know so it's one of those things where it's like and even in the first jurassic park movie there's stuff like that with like uh, Grant and Tim avoiding the Ford Explorer and then being inexplicably hurt. You know, they're perfectly fine when like th- it falls on them in the perfect way. And like, you don't question it because it's Jurassic Park and it's like, you know, it's Jurassic Park. But in reality, you look at everything and you're like, well, you know, they don't need to be like 100 percent 
we don't need a Jason Bourne with dinosaurs. No. Like, I don't think anybody wants that. Well, like, to the point that is my, I think my favorite scene in Fallen Kingdom is, you know, Owen becoming Jason Bourne. Like, in that moment oh, in yeah. the... Uh, I, call it, I call it Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah, so, or, like, you know, Indiana Jones too. And I think what you're kind of talking about really, uh, you know, transitions to Indiana Jones pretty nicely because... In 1993, Jurassic Park, you know, you can you can let that stuff go and and it doesn't like hang you up. You know, you can't talk about it on on the Internet and over and over again and beat a dead horse. Um, but, you know, when 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 Crystal Skull comes out, you know, they do the same things that like right. Temple, Temple of Doom did, you know, like Temple of Doom. They jumped out of an an airplane with, <laughs> with a an raft, inflatable raft and then went down a mountain, went off a mountain into right. uh, you know flew down into the river and then down the river like all this crazy stuff happened that would never ever happen but oh, as no. soon Instant but as soon as far from every critic yeah like, and as soon as falling kingdom yeah falling King, no i'm sorry i'm, I'm mixing crystal up skull. The crystal skull as soon as crystal skull does it it's like you can't do that that's not possible I, that's another movie for about for like a long time i thought to myself like when I first saw the movie, it's like, it's good. Indiana Jones can't be bad. It's good. like in, in my mind, I was like, I hate it. And like for years, I hated it. And then I revisited it in like 20, I want to say 2017. I was like, you know what? Like that movie's actually nowhere near as bad as like anybody made it out to be. And it's kind of better than it's more grounded than Temple of Doom. <laughs> but yeah. like, I like, I prefer Temple of Doom probably because of nostalgia. But I thought it was like, man, Crystal Skull's not bad. I can't believe for so many years I thought it was like the worst thing ever. <laughs> and like, it's funny how that works though. And I think a lot of that has to do with when you're, when you're at a young age, you've got this image of Indiana Jones as like the ultimate action hero. And he's like standing there while the, you know, these thuggy cult members attack him and there's mm -hmm. blood and hearts getting ripped out. You're just like, it's the most <laughs> thing in the world. Same thing with the lost world rolling Timbo with his, double-barreled rifle was going to kill this T-Rex and they're on this trek and Sarah Harding's got blood on her jacket. But then as an adult, you go like, oh, well, how come, uh, dang, she really didn't think about taking that jacket <laughs> well, off? She's or still like, wearing you it, yeah. Temple of Doom, you're like, <laughs> you know, they really got away pretty lucky by falling out of that plane. <laughs> like, uh -huh. the, you know, like, and you, but it doesn't bother you because you grew up with it. And yep. with Crystal Skull, what, what I eventually came to realize was expectations generations and really the modern world in general how everything's instant you know when, when we were kids watching those movies on vhs we didn't have twitter to like immediately go and see what people thought about it we waited for our friends to come over and talked about oh how cool was it that like short round kicked that guy yeah that was cool you know, yeah. you didn't have this in-depth conversation about how, like, how's this guy still alive with his heart being ripped out of his chest or something? <laughs> you know? It's, you just it's... believed in it. And, you know, yeah. you, you believed when when they poured that, that goblet over, you know, Indiana or Henry Jones Sr.'s chest and, and it healed oh, gosh, him. Yeah. Like, you believed in it. You you knew yeah. that. You thought that was real. Like, I remember watching that thinking, like, oh, my God, that's that's horrifying and real. And it happened. And, like, you know— Nowadays, you know, you don't really have that mentality. And and I certainly walked out of Crystal Skull thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, you know, I have a pit in my stomach now that's just like, uh, I don't feel good. I don't know why. I don't like it. But as the years go on, like you said, you kind of appreciate things. And I, I've, I've realized that 
That movie is really good. It has some amazing elements. And yes, they could have done with maybe not dropping three times over the waterfall. Just do it once. Hey, you know, man, like change it's something. It's more realistic than that raft. <laughs> it is. It's def- definitely, yeah, definitely is. But like, yes, those things could have been a little bit different. But as a whole, I really, really love that movie. And, and it's Depp beautiful. It. Yeah. Don't forget that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just, yeah. Canon and and how things are viewed today, it's it's all it's all so interesting to me, and I just don't know. I I, I honestly, honestly like don't know where I stand. I think I'm more on like the side of these days. Like, I don't necessarily care about Canon and Jurassic. I, I I kind of came into this thinking like, I want the Star Wars reaction to this, where you know in 2012 they say everything's erased. You know, mm, right. forget it all. Um, none of that exists anymore. We're starting from here and going forward. Um, you know, Jurassic technically did that, but just no, never told anybody. Like they never like announced it, and people will kind of went in and were like, "Oh, but, but wait, you know, Jurassic Park three and the Lost World aren't canon anymore." Like what? Like so, there was all this confusion, and nobody knows what's what. And at this point, I feel like if you pick and choose what you want, that's fine. You know, like if well, you want what most people do anyway, yeah, most if, people that love the telltale game, they're like, oh, you know, exactly. this is Jerry Harding. It's like, well, <laughs> well I don't know. OK, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't you know, I, I love digging into it and finding the obscure stuff because I, I love sharing it with people um, like Project Evolution, like where they like have uh-huh. a legit like Hollywood um, or not Hollywood, uh, the Florida Horror Night. Thing yeah. Real like dinosaur human hybrids. That's interesting because it actually got made. Um, but like serious canon, you have to realize these movies were made reactionary. And then the other things that they swore up and down were canon, like Trespasser and like Jurassic Park, the game. Man, none of that ever made complete sense. And you, you have to hold it to the standard of what's happened before. You can't penalize like something new. And then like turn a blind eye to like all the other mistakes that have, at least I don't think you can if you're being honest, because then it's like, well, I mean, you could complain about that, but then you have to like swear up and down and defend the other problems that have already existed. And I don't want to do that. I'm like, that's just a problem. There's nothing wrong with it. Yep. I see a potted plant and a hand on a velociraptor and I see like, <laughs> you know, it's it's just a mistake. We don't like, need an explanation. Yeah. There's no explanation for everything. Just let it go. It's fine the way it is. Like, yeah. And don't, don't overcorrect when, when you don't need to. I, I get yeah, that. that. I like that. That's probably their big problem with the movies is that they, they're, well, they just, they don't need to, you're like, oh, we're so sorry. Yeah, try to like <laughs> correct, like, dude, it's it's cool, man. Like, I know someone's out there screaming about these velociraptors, but it's gonna be all right. Like, did you see your Dilophosaurus? <laughs> like, but look, <laughs> in a in a world where you know nostalgia is king, you know, I would love for them to kind of tackle all of these issues that we've all had, like, kind of connect some dots. I would love that. I would I would think that's great. You know, if they want to do the whole canister, you know, the Barbasol can, and mm. also show us what's going on with the Lophosaurus and, and show why there's all these different species and explain it literally to people and show us all these things interacting together. And not that that's ever going to happen all at once, but I'd be okay with it. You know, if they want to connect all these dots, fine, but um, just make it plausible and don't make it unnecessary. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of the Dilophosaurus, by the way, in Jurassic World, the ride, they actually recorded uh, B.D. Wong and 
Bryce Dallas Howard talking about the dinosaur where they're like, oh, it has some genetic modifications and a full grown one is 20 feet long and like they get over six feet tall. Um, doesn't mean anything because it's a theme park ride, but like, yeah. you know, you can't count that as major canon, but like that's one of the things where they're like, oh, how about here? We'll just push that out to like get people's interest, which is fine with me. But Well, let's talk about that for a second because <clears throat> I think there's some interesting canon discussion in there because that that's a great little point that uh, you first mentioned there. And then I, I, I have people all the time asking me, is this is this ride canon? I'm like, no, 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 not, no. not at all. Like, just look at the path of the ride. You go from you're you're in your how you go up a hill into the Mosasaurus tank, which was never in the movies, and that never existed. You know that pathway, and then right. as as soon as you exit there, you look to your left, and there's no water tank, and you're like, well, wait, what? Where did where did it go? Right, like right. you know, I was actually watching a ride through today. I'm like, if they had just uh, extended that um, that rock work. And just closed it in so there, there was no waterfall right there. Um, that would have like explained some things for people, and you you would have believed it a little bit more. It would have been a very nice reveal once you exited that rock work to the dinosaurs. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, and then you talk about like what's what is going on in the Predator Cove. You've got the old Raptor pen, and then they put them right next to the Indominus. Indom- yeah, smart like, idea. Yeah. What what is going I don't on know what's there? Wrong with these Stegosaurus, but they got some birth defects <laughs> compared to all the other ones we've seen in the oh, series. That too. Yep. And then and then you go up to the top of the hill, and the T Rex is encountering Dilophosaurus and the Indominus and the Raptors in the woods in T Rex Kingdom. I, I'm sorry, I don't remember that happening. <laughs> no, um, me neither. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, you gotta play. You gotta like not care when it comes to stuff like this. And I know yeah. a lot of people. A lot of people do, and they 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 look at this as if it should be canon, and if that it is a a, a literal retelling of the story. And it's not. I mean, it is no. what it isn't. It's just like an alternate take on what happened, and you just gotta have fun with it. You know, don't look at it too critically. There was one dude got mad at me, just angry that I didn't include this attack of source from the ride on engines list. And I was like, bro, uh, yeah, yeah, that's not canon. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember Jurassic Park ever even being open to the public? <laughs> like, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's OK, man. It's just not this didn't happen. It's that doesn't mean you can't have fun with it. That's the whole reason they filmed all those Q videos and got the animatronics. But it's fun. That doesn't mean it happened. Like, yeah, yeah. It, like, I don't know. That's just, I'm not that serious into like canonizing things that do or do not need to be canonized unless I, I think they're cool and that could help in some way. But, uh, y- you know, some of this stuff, there is no connective tissue. No. Like, as much as I like Trespasser, knowing when it came out, it was a pretty bad experience for people. Um, you know, as much as I like the finished version of Trespasser, which is still unfinished, it ain't canon. Like, it's yeah. just not. There was a, a fun point that I was analyzing the other day in a video I made. Um, I was going through, like, some ride videos and, and uh, Q videos and stuff. And you know that Q video where uh, Claire is talking to the reporter and Owen shows up and they have like this right. witty exchange. Like that part is amazing. I, I thought that was really good. Really felt, I don't know if Colin wrote that, but it felt like it was written by him. It kind of had that that good banter. But I was looking at the the set and I'm like, oh, they just filmed that on the ride itself, right? Like it just looked like 
it was right there on the Raptor pen. But no, if you look at it closer, they recreated that whole thing. That's a different set entirely. Yeah. So when you, when you sit back and look at it, I was kind of intrigued by that because I'm like, well, the, the thing's right there. Why didn't they just stand her up there and just, you know, shoot from the opposite side where those pteranodons are all torn up and, and then just shoot that scene right there. But instead it looks like they rebuilt a whole thing somewhere. Um, so yeah, take a look at that and analyze the two things because when you're looking at the Raptor pen, there's like an extended portion where Owen comes up on the, on the right hand side that is non-existent in the ride version. So it's interesting. Yeah. So take a look at that. But I, I thought that was a fun thing to note real quick because I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast yet. No. Well, it's cool with the ride. I mean, a lot of you can tell a lot of hard work went into it. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, in just in filming stuff like that, like they don't got to do that. They could have just repurposed the old and, you know, been super, uh, you know, retro and only, you know, older people like us that grew up with Jurassic Park would get it. But like they they threw some money at this at this new one. Yeah, um, the Mosasaurus encounter alone was that's that's pretty fascinating. I'm more interested to see around the park itself, like Isla Nubar and Tango the Baby Raptor and yeah. the walking Triceratops and stuff like that because that Triceratops looks great in my opinion. Like yeah. I haven't seen it up close yet, but like just watching it walk around, I'm like that. See if they did a whole park, that would be what I'd want. And that would be like, you know, you're going to Jurassic Park or Jurassic World or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I'll check that out. I, I didn't think that they would have, like, filmed it anywhere else, but that's a pretty good little bit of information for me to go over. I really like that stuff with Owen and Claire, like, in that they work, uh-huh. like, really well off each other. So Yeah, and that's, that's funny because, like. like, yeah, it takes place sometime before Jurassic World, you would assume, right? Like, I yeah. just I really liked that that interaction. I honestly, when I heard that the three of them were going to be cast in this and and do some stuff, I didn't think they would ever interact together. I thought they were just film their mm. own stuff individually. And to see them, to see Owen walk up on that that uh, Raptor pen there with her, I was like, oh, this is great. It feels real. It feels like you know, it feels like that that interaction that you got at Owen's bungalow um, in Jurassic World. It really feels right. it feels right. I love that. That's the magic of the Jurassic World stuff, man. Yeah. It's making these old ideas come to life. Yeah. I mean, and- like the Jurassic Park, the ride with John Hammond coming out, like, uh, you know, just talking about how we've opened up a new resort in uh, yeah. Orlando or in like, Hollywood. <laughs> you know, just that sells it for an audience. You're like, oh, they they went that extra mile. <laughs> and see, when, when you do that, you can kind of believe this story exists outside of the movies. But in this case, with Jurassic World, the ride, they this is Isla Nublar. This is not right. Hollywood. This is you're back on the island. This is Jurassic World that you're visiting. So that's where the whole canon issue and, and the way that this ride is not accurate, it really creates a problem for some people because, hey, this is Nublar. So I kind of get, you know, people that dislike it and dislike the story aspect, but I also, I, I don't care personally. It's yeah, it, it seems I, I fun. I think it's fine. Yeah. Like it's again, like, dude, Jurassic Park, the ride wasn't ever canon. <laughs> There's a reason for that. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm fine with them doing that stuff. I, I honestly, I haven't, I haven't been on the ride, but from what I saw, like 75% of it looks great. Yeah. I'm, I'm yes. excited to go on. I, I didn't even look extensively at all the stuff around it, but I mean, I'm, I, 
I'm blown away by all the new stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, bring it on. I, I want it all over the place. And, uh, you know, I know it means Jurassic Park disappearing from the parks, but uh, bring it on. I, I, I'm totally down for just, you know, bringing it to each and every park. You know, because I don't know old... about each and every park for me. Maybe leave Florida alone. Um, I don't or, know, or man. Singapore. I, I well, sure, Singapore and maybe Japan. Like you can keep those. Like, but Florida has got to go. It's it's. Is it is it worn down like Hollywood was? Because Hollywood that was the yeah. most disappointing ride. Because I'd worn wanted down... to go on that ride my whole life, and then going on it and like the Ford Explorer wouldn't even fall down and like, yeah, it's not nearly as bad as that one was, but it is still worn down. And the, the land itself is certainly outdated. You know, it, it, it could need a, it needs a refresh and sure they could refresh it as Jurassic park, but I don't see them doing that. I, I, I have no reason to believe that they would do that. They have not done that in any facet of this franchise yet. So, yeah, that's true. I just think that like the unfortunate thing is like, due to the fact that they didn't maintain any of the Jurassic Park stuff and they treated it like it's just just dead, which is what Hasbro did with the toys. They treated mm-hmm. them like they were junk. And, you know, like, can you imagine if the original Jurassic Park movie was just like, oh, whatever, we'll use stop motion. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, like, it's Jurassic Park, man. You're supposed to be cutting edge on everything. That's why yeah. it's, it's, it was, it's disappointing. For, like when I went on that ride in L.A. in 2018, I'd wanted to be on this thing forever. And it was just like these dinosaurs with these broken necks. It was almost sad. It was like, Oh, that she's put them out of their misery. Jeez, yeah. God. <laughs> That's why I am. I am happy that that beginning scene is gone. That I, I couldn't be happier about that because it just, it, while the entrance was grand and, and it was maybe a better entrance to the attraction, um, I just think that as soon as those, as soon as you saw the dinosaurs moving and not moving, yeah, it it just took you right out of it. So I think the Mosasaurus tank is is a decent intro. So and plus it looks phenomenal. Like, so I, I'm yeah. ready for that thing. I I can't wait. I I'm very excited. I know people were kind of, you know, tearing it down essentially as soon as it opened up. Um, mostly Jurassic yeah. fans. It was Jurassic fans that were like, this looks bad. Theme park fans were like, yeah, I'm happy with it. It looks good. Like, it looks good to me. It's just well, all the, the Jurassic fans were like, I want something more. So I understand. Like, you always want something more. Right. Well, well, you know, Jurassic Park is synonymous with, like, groundbreaking anything. So it was. Mm-hmm. it's it's just one of those growing pains, too. I think, you know, anything. When Lost World came out, there was people that were like, this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> you know, Spielberg's ruined the franchise. And then, you know, eventually there was people that came out and were like, no, only true Jurassic Park fans like the Lost Pro, which is not true. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you, you can be a true fan and, like, whatever. It's just, it's one of those things where, and it's kind of how tribalism gets brought out in fandoms too where they work off of each other like i am on this side death to quilled raptors i am on this side long live tiger stripe raptors it's you want to talk like, about you want to talk about battles how about the spinosaurus <laughs> yeah exactly it's like team spino yeah. team t-rex even me you know myself growing up was always team t-rex and as an adult you're looking back you're like what a stupid thing to argue about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i don't i don't care about that battle at all like I am totally team Spino. I oh okay. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I, this is not my T Rex. Like, why do I care about that T Rex? I have no That's reason true, to care. Yeah. You know, it's just some T Rex, 
And mm-hmm. I, yes, I feel bad that a T-Rex and, you know, one of our favorite dinosaurs, all that. But the Spinosaurus is is a, an incredible beast. Oh, it's it, cool. It's definitely cool. It, it's yeah. one of those things, too, when you're a kid and when you get into paleontology and you're like, searching for reasons that the t-rex would win and of course there of are course, reasons yeah. but like <laughs> yeah, yeah you know for me <laughs> the only animal from the original trill again i hate calling it original trilogy but like <laughs> the only animal from the jurassic park movies that i felt attached to like a character was the male t-rex from the lost world because i was and, and to a lesser degree the infant because that animal had motivation to like seek out its its offspring and it, it, it was differentiated with these, not only a different design for this male animal, but it had scars on its face and, uh, you know, was responsible for the death of Eddie Carn, an epic scene. And it was the prize that Roland Timbo was after. There's story behind the significant dinosaur. So yeah. I get that, you know, when you get the Jurassic Park three, some T-Rex gets his neck snapped. Who cares? It's not, the, it's not <laughs> a main T-Rex or whatever. No, but, like, it, but if it was Rexy or, or either of those T-Rex from the Lost World, I, you know, may, who knows? Maybe it is the baby, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But like, I didn't uh, see that info around his leg. <laughs> I didn't see Yeah, But even if it was the baby, honestly, I wouldn't care. <laughs> <laughs> but but I I I I just love the argument. I love the battle between people about that. Um, it's fun. It's all at least from my perspective. It's in good fun. Maybe not from the people that are arguing. But well, um, oh man, dude, the, <laughs> dude, that's one of those videos I did early on. Was like a oh, T Rex and Spino rematch. Will it happen in Jurassic World two? And it was like the most viewed video forever. <laughs> and it was it was just two people that kept going back to the video to argue. It was just oh, like, gosh, yeah. sign this petition. It was like, no. <laughs> oh, the petitions, Get yeah. Get with your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the petitions. They still find their way around. They do. <laughs> it's, just, it's funny to me. It's like, <sighs> wow, you guys keep arguing. I'm getting views. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's funny. It's it's just real funny. Um, you yeah. know, especially when you're a kid, you hold dinosaur special, like, uh you know, to a scientific degree and Jurassic has never been 100% scientific. Let's get real. No, no. You know, it it is what it is. Yeah. So, you know, canon and theories and all these random ideas, it's kind of like your specialty. You know, I I, I I think, (laughs) I think, yeah, you've created something here that people really enjoy and really love to watch. So, you know, at what point um, did you decide that this was really something that you wanted to tackle, just discussing films or or the jurassic films on the internet oh man um well before i did any of that i was a uh, i owned a personal training business where i uh trained people and and i also was a, a domino's delivery driver so like i'd be uh delivering pizzas until like 3 a.m and go home and like i'd grab a five hour energy knowing i'd have to be awake at five to like help some girl lose weight so like i'd it was it's just one of those things where like eventually i was really getting into i'd always wanted to do youtube ever since like the early 2010s when i saw there was channels called uh like physiques of greatness mostly bodybuilding channels but like as i got older and you know probably the mid 2010s is when they started bringing out all these franchises again like mad max terminator jurassic park star wars and i was i was just like wow we're getting mad max 4 i didn't i didn't see that coming you know, and we're getting Jurassic Park 4, we're getting Star Wars 7, and I was doing videos. I was like, okay, well, here's a YouTube video on uh, will Luke Skywalker die in The Last Jedi? 
I was right. <laughs> like, um, I, I do videos like, uh, like Jurassic Park. Will Ian Malcolm die in Fallen Kingdom? And you know, eventually, what what it kind of came to me when the Jurassic Park videos started doing better than anything else, I had to think about like, is that what I want to do? Is talk about Jurassic Park? Can I do that for that long? And I thought about it. And I was like, hell yeah, I can. Like, I love Jurassic Park, and it was just one of those things. It was never a difficult decision when I when I started getting paid for it, and when it started to really take off, it was it was exciting. It was like, oh my god, you know, my whole life I've been interested in Jurassic Park and dinosaurs, and now other people care. They're not telling me to shut up. <laughs> yeah. So like, I, I was able, you know, because when you're when you're personal training a client, you know, you start talking about like the lost world, they're going to be like, shut up. I didn't like that. <laughs> yeah. <movie. laughs> Like, all right do yeah. your squats oh that's the thing like when you when you bring up this this franchise or you know even movies in general like you sort you sort of get the eye rolly nature of people you know they're like oh yeah oh that that thing you know oh that movie you know oh right, okay right, right. i get it um, oh yeah uh, the blood on the jacket mm-hmm. yeah the t-rex in new york <laughs> yeah i remember that yeah i didn't really care for that one um you know a lot of people ask me like what could you possibly talk about? You know, like when referring to like oh, a yeah. weekly long form podcast, because like every now and then I'll mention to people I know, like, yeah, I, I have a podcast. So I talk about Jurassic Park and they're like, what? Like, how? How do you yeah. do that? So like what I'm sure you get that as well. Like, what do you say to those people that that ask that question? Oh, dude, every time I go anywhere where people know what I do, they're like, running out of ideas yet <laughs> it's like no nah, not not yet man i believe it or not like even before i started doing this like there's a whole lot more stuff that I, that I didn't even know about like it's it's one of those things jurassic park is a franchise that when you put it out to their to the general public they're like oh the three movies and the two new jurassic world movies that's it right it's like well hold on they were books first well <laughs> there were comic books there are websites there are theme park attractions there are toys there are and there's mythology there's mythologies with these toys like there's jaws jackson harpoon harrison like there's all kinds of stuff out there that in like when i sat down to read comic books from the 90s about how like dr grant and dr sattler trained velociraptors you know that was a mind-blowing thing to me because that was after jurassic world i was like whoa what there's like a this happened before and you know it's yeah. it's it's fascinating to me in a way that I don't think any other franchise is because it's it shocks even me. Project Evolution, like the Dilafo Man and Terry Dactyl, you know, like if you <laughs> brought that up to me like three months ago, I think yeah, right, that never existed. Get out of here. You're like you you look at the footage and you're like, oh my god, these dinosaurs hung someone by the throat. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that that, that whole thing that that whole thing is so weird to me because knowing like how big you know halloween horror nights is and and the things that they can do with that um with that uh platform you know with all the different franchises the amazing work that they do i feel like they've just really shortchanged jurassic in that oh, sense totally. and and yeah. and yeah they did the you know the crazy human hybrid things but like there is so so much more that could be done i actually i i have a, a theme park podcast as well and we i uh we did like a halloween horror nights uh projection like what do we want to see um and of course before fallen kingdom came out i'm letting everybody know exactly what is going to be happening in in the movie <laughs> i'm like you know what i would love to see i would love a haunted house vibe where you walk into 
Lockwood Manor or Lockwood Estate or whatever. And and you get in there. It starts off with an auction room and and there's there's people coming out and scaring you. And then out of nowhere, the alarms go off. Things break out. The Indoraptor is there and all these other dinosaurs. I thought like this could be a really, really cool haunted house yeah. style attraction and and people are like all right that's cool that's a good idea and i i still would love for that to happen but they just yeah. they don't care about jurassic as a a horror franchise even though it, it has elements of it so mm-hmm. it works it certainly works and i guess what it comes down to is it would be expensive to really do all that stuff for jurassic when you can just throw some Dilophosaurus crest on a guy and call it a day. You know, that's it. <laughs> well, like, and we also have to acknowledge, like, for a while after JP3, the, the series didn't really have an identity. Like, they they were, like, they were putting <laughs> those human dinosaur hybrid things out there to, like, test the audience. Because that was what yeah. they were going to do in Jurassic Park 4. Yeah. So, like, and another thing a lot of people don't know is in 2006, they had the idea for the Jurassic Park ride when, like, you go down the 80-foot drop and you're you know, everything's calmed down. You're about to get off. They were going to have Bigfoot jump out with like a bone ax and like scream at you. Like that's how lost they were. They didn't know what the hell direction to go. And they were going to have Bigfoot on Halloween or nights. Wait for the, you, when you get uh, off Jurassic Park, the ride, just go. Oh, oh, oh. Well, <laughs> like, it's great because that brings us to today where they actually have a, a Yeti Horror Nights house. So I bet you they're that, still running that with it. came from Jurassic <laughs> Still <laughs> running with it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's something that, you know, I would love that too, but a lot of people, you know, they don't. It, you have to look at it from the perspective of the, the people behind the camera, because it's easy for us to just say, here's what would be cool. Mm-hmm. Here's what, and I agree with you, by the way, on that mansion thing that needs to happen. But like <laughs> even me back in the 2000s, writing my scripts when I was a teenager for Jurassic Park four, like, oh, uh, and then Dr. Thorne comes out and, and, uh, and he's with Richard Levine and uh, uh, the T-Rex fights the Spinosaurus again. And you know what I mean? Like it's all fan fiction to the point of where, you know, you, you you push these ideas forward, but you don't look at what's going on behind scenes through someone like Steven Spielberg's mind or Joe Johnston's mind or Colin Trevorrow's mind. They're like, well, it's not just movies. It's a franchise with a sustainable brand that we're trying to keep alive here. Um, every movie series is like that. And it's one of those things where it's like, well, do we do we do just another you know movie where dinosaurs are on an island or do we give them just the jurassic park ride at night with welcome to the jungle playing in the background like (laughs) and you know nobody's ever been on a consensus basis of what they really want you've been people saying like oh what fans really want is they want you know they want it to be like jurassic park 3 again and it's like all the other fans are like no we don't want that (laughs) and you know you've got other people like oh what fans really want is we want the lost world again it's like well, hold on a minute. We didn't like Lost World, you know, so it's it's confusing for everybody. Unlike Star Wars, where you've got what people about Ewoks, everything else. And that original trilogy is pretty much synonymously praised. You get Rocky after that. And, you know, that was everything post 80s. So it's it's something it's unique to a modern environment. But I think it especially afflicts Jurassic even down to the theme parks. Cause it's like, well, what do you want it? You know, they're on a creative level. They sometimes I don't think they know what to do because nobody really has like a contained idea of what Jurassic park truly is. There's just this idea of it's, it's movies. Mm-hmm. I, I know I'm yeah. rambling, but like <laughs> it, it's, 
I can see the difficulty. I can see Steven Spielberg behind the scenes going like, well, my God, they hated Lost World. They hated Jurassic Park 3. I don't know what to do. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, you, um, you, you, said, you said a word that I know you didn't mean it in this context, but you said Rocky. And I started thinking, of course, of Rocky, Rocky Balboa. <laughs> and, and to me, that is a franchise that has handled their canon and their ongoing story almost perfectly. Like, I, right. I, I look at that. Crazy. Yeah, I look at that and I'm like, that might be the best franchise, uh, like, as far as, like, an ongoing story out there. I, I really think, like, it's so And they're episodic, so good. too, which is even crazier because yeah. they keep telling these new stories. It, I'm a big fan of Creed and Creed 2. Yeah. I even liked Rocky Balboa. Uh-huh. And I don't, I'm one of the people that doesn't think Rocky Five is like the worst movie ever made. I mean, it's my least favorite out of the series. But yeah. Like, yeah. It's one of those things where it's like those Rocky movies, man. I mean, I know everybody loves that first one, but dude, Rocky three and four for me, back to back, you pop those movies in anytime. I'm like all over it. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what, what is so great about those is, is embracing the, the fan, um, hype everything that fans want you know invase embracing like the fan dialogue like like you were saying before you want um you want a movie that has creed's son facing off against uh, ivan drago's son like that's we're gonna make it happen and we're gonna pull on your heartstrings we're gonna make this happen and they did it and it's like this is what the fans want the fans are dying for this stuff and i don't know maybe you know this recording is pre uh rise of skywalker but it seems like they're doing that same thing there you know they're like well i think i think the fans want this so let's give it to them so you know maybe maybe we're gonna see dodgson here or something like that like i I hope i hope they embrace fandoms and and what fans want um going forward i i would love to to see that i think they've done that already with uh the previous two movies particularly jurassic world because i mean after that yeah jurassic jurassic park didn't really have an identity as as far as like a community until jurassic world came out then it was like whoa all of a sudden jurassic park has a sequel that critics like (laughs) apart from the (laughs) ones that really didn't like it so it's uh, it's one of those things where it was people don't get it i mean maybe if you were born in like 2000 or 2001 you you hold that third movie near and dear to your heart you you probably don't understand the fact that you know so many people for so many years just despised it and and it, it was you know held as the culprit for tanking the whole franchise when in reality for maybe guys like you and me who love the lost world i mean we need to accept the fact that half the people that like Jurassic Park they jump ship when that movie came out no matter mm-hmm. how much we we both love it yeah, yeah it's uh it's just one of those things where it's like um and you know they did answer some they had the the spinosaurus skeleton getting broken by the T-Rex in Jurassic World as a <sighs> ha ha you know like our T-Rex is better than yeah than, you know stuff like that well and speak speaking of that it, even what about like the Twitter the Jurassic World Twitter that's like that's the Spinosaurus from Jurassic Park three, like <laughs> with the oh, canon stuff. Yeah, you're like, wait, uh, what? Like, that's not that's this. We can't possibly. Um, I know we're still needs to connect. Well, like I know that. we're still talking about canon here, but like, I I personally, um, I'm kind of done with like explaining things after the fact, like a Twitter handle. Like, like if Colin or J uh, A Bayona come yeah. out and say, oh, well, that is the thing that, and you're like, well, is it though? Like, is it? 
Yeah, just that, that say it on the screen, thing. you know. Uh, the Brachiosaurus being the first Brachiosaurus from the first movie. Yeah. I was yeah. like, isn't it just a Brachiosaurus? Yeah. Like, does it have to be that one? <laughs> it does it doesn't have to be. That that's the nature of the beast, is like that is the same thing that we identify with. It doesn't necessarily have to be the same one. It right. Can, There's a reason everyone got upset looks like T-Rex it. dying in Jurassic Park three. Ex- there like you that. go. That's it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not the same one, but everybody associates it as my T-Rex. And and that's that's exactly it on the head there so yeah. I, I i in one hand i can appreciate connecting dots and stuff like this after the fact but i really want them to stop doing that i i just I just don't because it like mm. it kind of muddies the waters and stuff and i don't well, i, I don't know them already more muddy than they yeah, are yeah yeah let's get real like they, they've always been muddy like <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, it's fun, but it is. Yeah, what it is. yeah, and it gives us something to talk about. Like you said, we never run out of things to discuss. Like it, it just never, never happens. Like I, I've never right. had that problem before, and and I've never sat here and been like, you know, what's the next show gonna be? Like I, like it, <laughs> it like even if I don't have a topic, I'm like, all right, I have a list of things here. I can just do that. And that's it. So, yeah. But, you know, as far as your videos are, like, what is like the biggest topic or idea that people want to hear you talk about over and over again, or, oh. or your biggest one that you have talked about outside of uh, maybe that, that Spinosaurus fight? <laughs> uh, without a doubt, novels. Uh, yeah. Th- those are the ones that people, um, particularly after the release of the first Jurassic world and uh, even more so with fallen kingdom. But that was, that was the first time I'd ever seen people come out asking about characters like doc Thorne, Martin Gutierrez, Ed Regis, you know, that they, they, they were into it. They were like, Oh dear God, Biosyn. What is Biosyn? You know, that they were named the people that hired Nedry and all this, the, the camouflage incarnatorists, uh, everything from like the DX disease to, uh, Robert Muldoon destroying raptors with rocket launcher. There's just, there's all the stuff that wasn't in the movies and that the new Jurassic world movies have integrated into their stories by retroactively altering things to be like, well, we got to introduce his partner, you know, cause the first movie didn't do it, but <laughs> yeah. um, it's definitely the novels. Those are the ones that get people the most excited. And they're the ones that people love to, to talk with me about like, Oh man, look at how, I don't know if it's because it's so different or if it's because the new movies are paying attention to them more because uh, certainly from Lost World onward to JP3, um, the novels kind of got shortchanged to where you don't really get, I mean, you could make an argument that maybe the river raft scene was adapted in JP3, but it was massively different. It wasn't yes, a raft. Yeah. It was a boat. It wasn't a T-Rex. It was a Spinosaurus. It wasn't <laughs> the, woken the up on the side of a river by a sneeze. It was, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, you know, from from that movie and, and even The Lost World, like the trailers going over the cliff is at the end of the novel. Like, and that's at, what the halfway point of Lost World. You yeah. still have like all this other stuff to do. And so when I talk about that, people seem to, they, they seem to really get interested because, you know, they come off of Fallen Kingdom going like, oh, I didn't know John Hammond had a business partner. And I talk about like Norman Atherton and the books and the little elephants. And they're like, and, they, you know, their ears just perk up because general audience members, they just know of them being movies. Mm-hmm. You know, they, not everyone's read these books. And so they, they get super into it and they're like, oh, my God, there's like a whole other Jurassic Park world I didn't even know about. So, yeah. Um, and, and it's exciting for me, too, because. 
I actually prefer the books, um, at least the original book, to everything they've ever done. So, uh-huh. and not that I dislike everything else. I love it. Yeah. Um, it's just that, that first book, that's one of the most tightly told great stories I've ever, and it's the, the cliffhanger ending, everything about it. I love that Jurassic Park book. Yeah. Yeah. We, we kind of, I would say shortchanged the books here because we have plenty to talk about as far as the movies are concerned. And, and yeah, I, but I think like the ongoing discussion is certainly there. And, and, you know, the fact that these movies do, you know, to a point continue to mine from them is, is spectacular. And yes, they do warp things and change a lot, but you can still <laughs> see those little threads that like these things are connected and Michael Crichton is still a part of this. And even though like, you know, he didn't write Fallen Kingdom and these ideas, but like the fact that there's this whole clone story and, and the, you know, right. that, that yeah. just feels so Crichton. And that's what I like hearing. Like, I like hearing these connections, stuff like that. I think people really appreciate that. Well, yeah. And when you tell people like Jurassic Park is about more than just dinosaurs chasing people on an island, you know, they get like, no, it's not. This is what <laughs> it always been. They, you know, they get to the island, they they get into trouble and they call the helicopter. But then, you know, you go into like burning carcasses on the mainland to keep sure that the government doesn't let the public know their dinosaurs. are. They're like, whoa, what? When did that happen? When is that going to be in a movie? It's like, oh, you didn't know that, did you? <laughs> so it's a. Uh, it's it's just fascinating to see the reaction uh, that people have um and it's cool that they're incorporating that stuff in the new ones because um i actually really agree with colin trevorrow when he said that he believes that uh the jurassic park movies they're not easy to make and it's very easy to have diminishing returns on them because i mean like i was saying earlier not everyone can can agree on what is like even like what's the best sequel I know that if you talk to a lot of people, like my favorites, Lost World, hands down, but that doesn't mean I think it's the best. And I know people will swear up and down it's the best sequel, but it's like, you know, they have no answers to like, oh, boat crashing into dock. Where, where'd the severed hand come from, buddy? You know, <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's it's just one of those things where, and I don't even care about how somebody ranks something, but it's 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 a matter of opinion for every individual wouldn't there's nothing wrong with that and when they learn about these books they're most of the time they're just straight up fascinated that it's more than what they've seen if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like in the movies yeah yeah and the ranking thing is is interesting i uh somebody recently put up a uh questionnaire on our uh Jurassic Park podcast Facebook group and somebody, you know, it was Mike Tobin here wrote like, how do you rank the movies from best to worst? And just looking at the difference of opinions here is, is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. And, and for the most part, it always seems like Jurassic Park, the lost world. Like the, it always seems like those are top tier. Um, actually this one here, these two people back to back, uh, Jurassic Park, the lost world, falling kingdom, Jurassic world, Jurassic Park three, they, you know, back to back there. But then you have like, Stephen Ray Morris, he's like Jurassic Park, Fallen Kingdom, The Lost World, Jurassic Park Three, Jurassic World. So, right, yeah. I love the difference of opinions. Um, any any given day, I may even put The Lost World first. You know, it really depends. Like stuff like this, mm-hmm. it, stuff like that is not so rigid and firm for me. Like these lists, um, I, I I always talk and joke about how I hate lists, but. Um, <laughs> I, I, to a point, I do like creating them myself, but like myself, but um, Aaron Beyer, he said Jurassic Park, The Lost World, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, Jurassic Park 3. So 
yeah it's that's probably probably what a lot of people out there think uh, maybe yeah. switch two and three and you'll get like what most people believe but i don't know sure um, it's, it's interesting i i think it's fascinating because it's always surprising to me that like somebody would would rank the lost world last because unlike you i i, I know you kind of had your your mind on that back then but like I didn't know anybody disliked The Lost World. So oh, yeah. It was well, like, well, a, I mean, it was like no news to me. Did, but I cannot remember a kid. Like, in, I keep bringing it back. My childhood is very refined to that 1990s trailer park. <laughs> like, <laughs> talk about a very, like, of its time. I just remember, oh, I remember where they ripped that guy in half, man. Yeah, it was cool. Let's go watch Small Soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, adults, I can remember, I can remember some conversations like, is this that stupid gymnastics scene? Get that off the screen. <laughs> it was like, geez. And, and I, you know, to a degree, I got it. I was like, oh, they don't like to have, they don't like to have fun with that. <laughs> That's a no-no. But like, it is what it is, man. It's some, and you know what someone's gymnastics scene is, is another person's uh, heels scene. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> it is what it is. Let's move on to something that we have no idea about. Whether it's happening, what it is, we don't know. But Battle at Big Rock, is this happening? And, and what are you expecting from this thing? Oh, man, I'm expecting a lot of cool <laughs> stuff from it. I mean, I, I guess I'm expecting a battle. <laughs> yeah. Some sort of Big Rock okay. with dinosaurs. Um, one weird little bit of information. Uh, someone emailed me and said that uh, some toys coming out in the Netherlands have actually revoked that that tag that says as seen in battle at big rock. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We, we, I think we were talking about that. um, I don't know if it was on a mailbag or something recently because the UK had the same issue where like they removed mm -hmm. that as well. And, and I was like, well, it's weird because you're talking about, well, potentially a movie that has very big ties to British culture and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Why would, they remove the um, the wording there on the box. Like, why would that not be there for Battle at Big Rock? So it was very confusing to me why why it well, was gone and, and missing from boxes. I would say there's either one of two answers we got here. One, it's only for us. It's only for folks in North America uh, that, you know, Battle at Big Rock is going to be some big event. Um, other answer is they found out we all know and it ain't coming out the way we thought it was coming out. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I know That's, they're they're honestly it, it could be that. You know, it, it, maybe it maybe we ruined it. Maybe it's not coming. <laughs> you know, like maybe Mattel ruined it. Maybe I ruined it by reporting on me. <laughs> you know, it, it's possible that, you know, maybe maybe none of that is plausible but they realized this isn't the route for us to take maybe we we went the wrong direction maybe we'll release this on NBC in November or something like that you know yeah, or, or on the internet like they did with the alien covenant uh deleted scene sure, intro yeah. thing or whatever you know like, like it could happen uh, anywhere yeah who knows when that thing's coming out now with them like oh don't, don't print that don't put that on the Nasuda Ceratops box take that <laughs> off right now it's like <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. Well, what? I never heard about it. No, never, never heard about it. But yeah, it is interesting because like right now we still, as of this recording, have not heard anything official about 
you know, what's going on. Um, I, I'm trying to I, I really can't remember because I, I never knew to take note of this. But when did they announce all the Pixar shorts? You know, like when when were those announced ahead of time? Were they announced ahead of time? Did people mm. just show up and say, oh, this is cute? You know, like so that's kind of along the lines of what this, you know, should be or could be. So I don't know. I, I, I'm hoping it's still in the same you know, lane where we expect it to be. Um, lane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. It's going to be a fast lane. I don't know, but uh, I hope it's there, you know? <laughs> I, do too. I mean, it, hey, might not, they may have switched lanes and we'll see them again <laughs> some other time. I don't know. Uh, who knows? That I don't know. I don't know. But um, moving over to Jurassic World 3, and uh, where do you think that this this franchise goes from here um maybe even including battle at big rock where do you think we go from this point in time um to the future i know you you talked about dinosaurs loose you know in the mainland like right is that is that where we go and where do we go from there well i know that jurassic world 3 and essentially if, if they don't try to like retroactively please you know people that hated fallen kingdom or something uh, we'll go straight into dinosaurs all over the planet. Um, they set it up w- with, you know, the animals being sold at the auction, getting moved all over the place and with the DNA getting out. And uh, it was actually dinosaurs in the mainland was the original plan for JP three. Um, like the original, original plan before backlash happened to lost world. Um, so I, I think they're going to do that. I don't know where exactly it'll be set i would assume california but then again it's like well you got to work in montana if grant is and settler are over there i don't know like it, it will definitely be dinosaurs in their own ecological niches and systems in modern world not on those islands which is a big point of the books that never faithfully got adapted into the movies outside of one t-rex in san diego well, two if you count the baby, but he didn't do anything. Um, so that's ultimately where I think we have to go, really. I mean, you can't – what else can you can, can you do at this point when you've – and again, this works back to critical analysis. One of the biggest complaints people had over the Jurassic Park movies, critically, and they hammered it in the Lost World and JP3 in particular, like, why are they going back to that island? They know better. And it's, yeah. you know, and they got to get rid of that. They got to like, dude, you ain't going to complain about it now because they're everywhere. So like um, they they have to do this. I think they're, we've got to have a story with dinosaurs interacting with man and modern animals all over the planet. Now, where we go from there, I have no clue. I mean, yeah, that's a tough thing. Like, what is the story? Like, what yeah. what is the I don't know what what happens What's from the there. What's the plot that and, actually and pushes us forward for the next movie? Yeah, um, and they can I, do anything, like I, literally yeah. anything. I wonder, like I think as we all do, you know, is this the end? Um, will we get more after this? I don't know, but it feels like a, a conclusion. It could be a conclusion. So, in my eyes, how do you wrap up where we are now and conclude this? Introduce, reintroduce the past characters and how in the world, like you were saying, how did they get, you know, we're not going, we shouldn't be going back to an Island, but how do you bring them back into the fold? I don't know because one thing that I, 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 I've been thinking about a lot recently is it made sense to bring them back 
during the old days, you know, back in, in 97 and 2001. Those are the only people that have ever interacted with these creatures. But now, in after this park in 2015 was open for 10 years, and then you're talking about another three years where, you know, people may have been interacting. And what what is the reasoning for bringing back these these three potential characters, right? Like yeah. why? Got to be what, careful with it. There, there has to be more um, qualified individuals at this point, you know. And I, 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 I hated to do it, but I was recently arguing against Sattler's inclusion. Like, oh, like for instance, if you're going to bring back somebody from the past, why Sattler over Sarah Harding? Right, I you agree. Know? With you. Like, or Nick Van Owen. Uh, or yeah, like Sarah Harding has all the qualifications that that um, you know Sattler doesn't. She's a paleobotanist. Yes, she interacted with these dinosaurs, but Sarah Harding has all the qualifications that you could potentially need for um, you know wildlife dinosaurs in the mainland. Like so, I I was trying to like think why would you ever bring these people back? And I just I can't come to a conclusion in my mind. Well, the answer is the same answer as why would you have a t-rex fight velociraptors at the end of the original jurassic park <laughs> because it's cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> because, because it's cool and because that's what somebody wants to see and yeah i mean yes. it doesn't make sense when you think about it it's like well that was out of nowhere but, you know, but <laughs> it's it's one of those things where and i agree with you and especially at this point in time, has Dr. Sattler even been working in paleobotany for the last 20 years? Last time we saw her, she was married to Mark Degler and had kids. And uh, she was yeah. getting somebody calling about Jack Horner, but like she wasn't out there in the field like Grant, as far as we know. So it's one of those things. Um, and they could do this, you know, before we even are introduced to the character. They could have someone like, oh, yeah, she's back with Grant digging. Oh, okay. That's all we had to know. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this because I've had a lot of people say to me, do you think they're just going to ignore Mark Degler or do you think she's going to just go back to Grant? Do you think that's going to be the case here for Jurassic World 3? Well, I can tell you, dude. Like, I know that was a hard pill for a lot of us to swallow that they didn't end up together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I know that for... I mean, dude, they're bringing everybody back just like the reason they brought that T-Rex back at the end of Jurassic, just like the reason Spielberg brought that T-Rex to San Diego. Audience first. You know, if you read the making of Lost World book, Spielberg talks about like whenever he's making these movies, he thinks about the audience before anybody, before critics, before like himself, audience. What does the audience want to see? And he's not always right. There was people that complained about San Diego. Um, I know I never did, but that's why we're getting Sattler back. That's why we're, you know, we're, I mean, Ian Malcolm is easy to work into it, even though he would never go around them. He would certainly wag his finger and be like, I told you so, you know, so Grant is, is more interesting to me, like how they're going to get him in there. And I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that Sattler and Grant are connected in some way. Um, whether or not they brush aside Mark Degler, I feel like they might address the fact that, Ellie Sattler has moved on from a past life um, because I don't see them making the next movie and not having Grant and Sattler together. I just don't see that happening because that's a missed opportunity, I think, to make a lot of people smile. And I know that, like, if you go back to those old comic books, if you go back to the old deleted scenes between Grant and Sattler, it was blatantly 
clear. I know there's a debate, but it was blatantly clear that they were a couple. Like, mm-hmm. that, you know what I mean? Like, in the comic books, they, like, kissed passionately by a sunset with rappers. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's the thing, man. And, like, it's one of those it's one of those things where they know somebody out there is going to be like, they were burned on the fact that they split apart in JP three and they're going to be like, Oh my God, that character arc he had in the first movie um, where that was what was holding them back. Now they can be together. And now maybe they could juxtapose that with Owen and Claire or something Um, because they're tying everything together in this next one. So I I don't see a movie. I don't see a version of Jurassic park six where Ellie Sattler remains married to Mark Degler happily ever after with no interference <laughs> from grant where he's just living his sad lonely life <laughs> digging up bones. Like, i just don't see them writing it that way uh, because i i know if they did people would be like well you brought grant back only to make him be a freaking loner there's <laughs> something oh man i i wish i had an explanation of how they they get involved well, i don't know how I, but yeah like, it, it makes it makes no sense for me because, like I said, there, there's got to be way more qualified people here. Um, and pre-Fallen Kingdom, you know, I was saying, you know, like they need to bring them back uh, in a news panel. You know, they need to be showcased on the news saying, like, this is a bad idea. I don't I don't want dinosaurs. Uh, kill mm-hmm. them all. And then, you know, Alan says something and Ellie says something. But, like, you can't do that again. Like, you can't just have, like, this – you know, well, they did the news thing in Fallen Kingdom, but right. Malcolm wasn't part of that. He was, you know, with the Senate and all that. But where, well, you can't do that again. You can't have like another panel of of people no. discussing. Like, so I just don't know. I don't know. But well, I feel like they geared Malcolm up for a bigger role in the next one because yeah. he plays kind of the same role that John Hammond did in The Lost World, where he opens the movie and closes the movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like that's like we're Goldblum's already talking about how he's happy that he's going to be in the next one a lot more. I think when you go back to watch the Jurassic world trilogy, it'll feel then again, this is like what I stated at the beginning with like the Jurassic park trilogy, where it doesn't really feel like a, a story. Like however they intend to reintroduce these characters. I'm just happy. The fact that it feels like one, two, three, um, if that makes any sense, you know? Sure. And, uh, Granted, I'd like for it to be clean, but I know that, you know, what's necessary has been what's always been at the top of Jurassic's list, which is telling a story the audience would love. Uh, we learned that the audience doesn't like when you snap a T-Rex's neck and split up Ellie and uh, Grant and have a raptor talk on a plane. And some people love <laughs> it, but um, uh, that, 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 those dollar signs, they, they spoke volumes. So, yeah. like, you know, that, and, and at the end of the day, that's why these movies are made. Yeah. I know people can get pretentious and be like, oh, the auteur of the artists and like, oh God, we just want to have a Jurassic Park movie for forty million dollars and it has like only one character and it's rated R. No one wants that. I, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't need it to be high cinema at this point. I just need fan service. That's all I'm really looking for. Like I just want them to do what we expect. I don't need them to go crazy and, and do something like mind blowingly um Oscar worthy or something like that. Yes, I want it to be a well-made movie, but I think the past two have been well-made. I I've, I've, I've really enjoyed right. the past two. I know many people would say the complete opposite that they're not good at all. But it's all subjective. Uh, not me. It's all yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, we we have some similar thoughts on a lot of this stuff, but 
I uh, I don't want to keep you here all night, so I'm going to wind down here because I want to know, um, like I said, as of this recording, we have a ton to look forward to. Um, Jurassic World The Ride, Jurassic World Live, Camp Cretaceous, which we didn't mm-hmm. even touch on, maybe Battle at Big Rock, Jurassic World 3. <laughs> I don't know. Am I missing anything? I don't think so, but out of those things, like what has you the most typed? Oh, you know, really Camp Cretaceous. I mean, Jurassic World 3 mainly, but like Camp Cretaceous comes before that. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the big one for me because we've never got an animated series. And yeah. maybe we're going to get that three-headed T-Rex slug. So, Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not going to happen. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know. I, oh, and uh, yeah, I guess I didn't mention uh, the... Nublar, whatever that thing, uh, the the secrets of Isla Nublar or something. Wait, did that already happen? What's this one called? What the DLC for no. uh, Jurassic World Evolution? Hey, I didn't even mention that Jurassic World Evolution. Oh. No, it was the the Lego thing. Um, oh, oh yeah, the 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 secret, the, the, the legend legend, legend of, of Isla Nublar. Like, but like, there's so much to look forward to. I think as a fan right now, and and mm. it doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon. We could get who knows, like multiple seasons of Camp Cretaceous. We know that. DreamWorks and Universal have done multiple seasons of a lot of shows that they produce. So, you know, it could happen for us. And and the Lego stuff, who knows, could could go on for a while. These live tours and, and exhibitions could all go on for more and more more and more years. Um, and I don't know, who knows what the the sustainability of Jurassic World three is after that. I, I'm excited and I'm I'm hyped for all these things. But I think like little things like TV shows and stuff can get us extra hyped and and you know what we also have to have to look forward to is universal is going to have a streaming service in the near future so true if they're going to follow the format of disney plus um they've got a ton of marvel shows they've got a ton of star wars shows coming out so big franchises you're talking about fast fast and furious and uh jurassic for universal so oh, yeah. maybe maybe they'll do something for the, their streaming service as well live action I, uh, I, I would say maybe series. Uh, yeah. Nick Van Owen's illegal adventures, something I'm know. down, man. I am ready for that, <laughs> but you know what? Um, I, we're going to, we're going to cut that there. And I want to go ahead and do a fun little thing here that we uh, try to do for everybody. We're going to do a little bit of rapid fire. So all, right. all, all I have for you is a, is a bunch of questions, 60 seconds on the clock. Um, all you have to do is either answer the question real quick or give a yes or no. And I think, um, I think we'll really know how you feel about this franchise. Okay. <laughs> so are you ready? Yeah, ready. All right. Going to count it down here. Three, two, one. Jurassic Park, The Lost World, Jurassic Park 3, Jurassic World, or Fallen Kingdom? Fallen Kingdom. Feathers or no Feathers. Feathers. Universal Orlando or Hollywood? Orlando. Indoraptor or Indominus? Indoraptor. Gymnastic scene, yes or no? No. <laughs> Alan Grant or Ian Malcolm? Ian Malcolm. San Diego, yes or no? Yes. Sarah Harding or Claire Deering? Claire Deering. Is Ben Hildebrand the worst? Yes, in fact he is. <laughs> Michael Giacchino or Don Davis? Michael Giacchino. Novel or film? Novel. Should Kelly have been cut from the team? No. <laughs> Tostito Don or Pepsi Saurus? Tostito Don all the way. Roland Tembo or Robert Muldoon? Roland Tembo. Hoskins or Wheatley? Wheatley. Which film raptor is the best? Tiger Stripe. 
Spinosaurus or T-Rex? T-Rex. Mattel or Kenner? Kenner. Oh, that was close. A- astronaut. Oh. <laughs> that was the end there. I was going to ask you this this one here. Astronaut or astronomer? Astronaut. <laughs> I I have uh, I have a ton of questions. I've never actually like gotten to the end of my list. One day I got to actually like switch it up because there's some fun <laughs> stuff in here. So but man, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, it's been a blast. We talked forever here and I, I know we could literally continue for hours and hours on end. Yeah. <laughs> um, so where can everybody find you online if they're they're curious about your videos or if they some reason don't know who you are already? Um, well, you can uh, type in my very weird name, Clayton with a K and then uh, F-I-O-R-I-T-I on YouTube. And you'll go down that white rabbit hole and uh, probably never come out. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, please, please go subscribe to him. Follow him online. We'll have all the, you know, the the Twitter handles, the the website, the the YouTube, all that stuff in our show notes. Um, But yeah, thank you again, man. It's been a blast. I I love talking to Jurassic with you and actually all, all franchises because we always go on these tangents where we're like, I think last time we recorded, we talked for like, maybe an hour or two after our recording and it was just mm-hmm. it just went on forever so who knows it, it happens yeah, all man. the time but uh oh, it's a blast i've wanted to be on here forever so <laughs> it's, it's great for me i had a great time it was awesome awesome well well i, I appreciate it what do you say we head out of uh the visitor center here and uh go hop on an air uh, helicopter and get out of here <laughs> no sorry man looks like it's taking off all right <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the 197th episode of the Jurassic Park podcast. I uh, I loved uh, talking with Clayton each and every time we get a chance to talk. Um, it always goes on so long and we discuss so many things. And I think we've got, um, you know, a good handle on all the things that are you know, up and coming and all the ideas that are out there. I think we we're good at bouncing these things off of each other. So Clayton, thank you so much for joining me here on the show. And I, I hope everybody really, really enjoyed that episode. And of course we got to do this again sometime soon. So Clayton, uh, I'll be hitting you up again sometime to uh, start up another episode here. So thank you, man. And I hope everybody enjoyed that. But now we're going to go ahead and check out some reviews that are over on Apple podcasts. So I'm going to go ahead and read this one, which is also uh, a pretty new uh, review here. So thank you so much for consistently leaving reviews, guys. Um, And if you don't know, like I I do this every episode where I try to read a review from you guys and uh, showcase what you guys are saying uh, because you deserve the spotlight as well um, for taking the time to write reviews. So this first one comes from Jeremy with a sandwich and uh, it says, you'll enjoy this. The Jurassic Park podcast is a wonderful way to get in your latest news about the films, toy news, and reviews, games, shows, developing theories, and everything else Jurassic. Um, I swear, I didn't write this, guys. I, I, I absolutely promise I didn't write this. It also says, I personally enjoy that each episode includes the host, Brad, as well as various contributors from the Jurassic community. It is family-friendly and generally positive. They often apologize for the episodes being long, but I find the length is perfect for listening on long commutes. Uh, Jeremy with the sandwich, you know, I, uh, I apologize for today's episode. I know it was like a little long, but uh, 
I hope you enjoyed it on your commute. I hope it really paid off. <laughs> I think it did. I think it definitely did. I appreciate um, all the positivity there in your review. Um, just trying to balance it off. You know, I'm trying to be positive here for everybody in the community um, as much as I possibly can. And, of course, we do say some negative things here and there. I know a lot of people like to consider us shills uh, for, you know, Universal or Jurassic in general, whether it's Mattel or uh, any of the things that are happening, live tours, uh, video games, all this stuff. People like to say that, you know, we are very positive, maybe in a, in a negative way. But I, the way I look at it is, why am I going to talk negatively about something that I love? I have no reason to talk negatively about certain things, so I'm not going to. I want to be positive for everybody listening, and there's only so much negativity that you guys can really take, right? I mean, you don't want to hear me ramble on about how much I hate everything all the time, so I try to be positive for you guys um, when things can be so poor outside of podcasts. Um, I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen and uh, stay positive with me, right? Like, I want you guys to be positive out there and uh, pass that on in a community. And uh, Jeremy, thank you so much for for writing this review. If others out there really want to write their reviews and be positive as well, please go ahead and leave us those five-star reviews over on Apple Podcasts. And um, we'll go ahead and read them as soon as we get around to them. But um, continuing, on, continuing on with the positivity here, you know, I, I, I uh, mentioned uh, the passing of Astrid, um, you know, a huge member of the community um, at the beginning of this episode. And... Um, it's very hard. It, you know, it's very hard to have somebody that is a part of something that you're a part of, a big community like this. And, uh, you know, to no longer be with us, that is that is so incredibly tough. So I, I want you guys to take a second um, and, and recognize somebody, multiple people, anybody in, in, this, in this community, or if you're a part of another community, um, recognize those people, let them know how much they mean to you, um, to others, whatever, whatever it may be. Just, just take that second. Cause I'm going to do the same. I, I want to do the same because I, I, I fall into this trap as well. When I'm, when I'm listening to podcasts, we'll, we'll just take that for instance, when I'm listening to podcasts, I listen to them and then I, I continue on to the next. I, I saw, I try to write reviews whenever I possibly can. I try to reach out on Twitter whenever I can, but I'm, I'm pretty poor at it as well. And I don't just mean for, I don't want you guys to reach out to me. Like, forget about that. Reach out to somebody important to you in this community. That means something, uh, you like their stuff. You like what they're doing. Um, just, just reach out and say that you like it and, and you appreciate it. You want to see more and you, you appreciate them as people. Um, because you know, we need some, some positivity here in the Jurassic community um right now so you know please go ahead and do that for me uh well not for me but do those things for me for you know two other people so i i would really like that if you guys share some positivity and um you know keep everybody's spirits up high because it's it's tough right now so um thank you guys for for doing that for me um and uh hopefully you know we can continue that positivity each and every week here and um you know, maybe maybe make it not just a, a this week trend. Maybe make it a next week and the week after, and uh, we'll make the world a better place and uh, make everybody happy. So, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode, and I'm gonna go ahead and roll the outro. Saddle up, let's get this movable feast underway. Please give us a follow on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod. 
and myself at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So please be sure to subscribe. Also, don't miss our toy hunts and reviews, in-depth bonus content, live streams, gameplay, events and theme park coverage, and so much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of every episode, so please be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode show notes, wonderful articles, bios from our contributors, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or email us, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy! Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now. Jurassic Park changed my life. Ever since I was a little girl, I liked dinosaurs. Most girls would want to play with dolls or makeup. Not me. They were the most amazing creatures that ever walked this earth. How could anyone not be fascinated by them? Hi, my name is Astrid Vega, and I'm a Jurassic Park collector. I was a fan of Jurassic Park even before I knew I was a fan of Jurassic Park. When I was eight years old, my family and I went on a holiday to America and visited Universal Studios. It was my first time there and I was amazed by everything there, but something special caught my eye. While on the tour bus, um, a little before um, the area that is now confrontation, there was this car sitting by the road. At first, none of us gave it too much attention, but then I saw a logo on it, and in the logo there was this dinosaur skeleton, so, of course, I had to take a picture of it. And without knowing, that was the screen-used jib from the, uh, from the film. So I became a fan of it even before I knew what it was. We roamed around the park a little bit after the tour, and I saw one of these um, penny squashing machines. I, I don't know how they are called. And I saw the same logo on the machine. So, of course, I had to have one and I still have it to this day. If you can see, I don't, I don't think you can see, but it says 1992 on it. So that's why I was a Jurassic Park fan before I knew I was a Jurassic Park fan. That little thing became the very first thing of my collection, but certainly not the last. Then the movie came out.
was massive. It was the year's phenomenon. It was everywhere. Everywhere you looked, there was Jurassic Park. In every single TV announcement, there was Jurassic Park trailer. But you didn't even see the, any of the dinosaurs. And that was amazing because we were so hyped to see it even though we didn't even see any dinosaurs, just Rex's eye, that, that was all we, we saw. I remember it perfectly. It was June 1993, which also happens to be my birth month. That was my birthday gift. My mom was taking me and my siblings to watch the film, which was a big deal back then because we were all too young to see any, th those kinds of films. but. Somehow my mom talked to the manager, I don't know what she did, but they let us in. And oh my god, was it amazing. Everyone in the theater was either scared or screaming, or both. And I was shivering without control. Not because I was scared, but because how overly excited I was. It was overwhelming, I, it took my breath away, it, it was incredible. It was, I'm not lying, it was the most incredible thing I had ever seen in my life. I remember clearly the, the, my favorite scene. It's the first time the Rex shows up. Whoa, she was so ginormous, so imponent, so loud! She was amazing! Until this day, Tyrannosaurus Rex is still my favorite dinosaur of the franchise. I was on her side all the time. I did not care if the kids died, I did not care if the car got squashed, I did not care if she ate Malcolm. Sorry. <laughs> all I cared was the T-Rex. It was so amazing! My, my heart pounded so hard, I thought it was gonna chase away running after the T-Rex. I don't know. It, it left everyone speechless. And yet, I could not stop talking about it. It drove my family insane. <laughs> of course, after that, I wanted to become a paleontologist. Guess how that turned out? So, from that moment on, my life changed. After watching the movie and clearly becoming my favorite movie of all time, and my parents decided to buy me some of the toys. Boy, they had no idea what they were getting into. My first toys were Alan Grant, Ellie Sadler, Tim Murphy, the Spitting Dilophosaurus, and the tour vehicle. And I love them, I really do. But I wanted the larger dinosaurs. I want I wanted the whole collection, of course. So by Christmas I asked Santa for all the toys. And he delivered a few. Uh, including the Stegosaurus and still my favorite, the Jong T-Rex. This girl became my best friend. I mean I took her everywhere I went. Um, we had lunch together, we traveled together, and she's still my favorite toy to this day. Then the collection just kept growing. It, it was insane, it still is insane. Because 
everyone that knew me knew how much I loved dinosaurs and how much I loved Jurassic Park. So every time, every chance they had, they gift me something. Um, from a toy to something as simple as a candy bar with the Jurassic Park logo on it. And I still keep every single thing. And it became part of my collection. It got to a point where I did not fit in my old room. So I had to find my own apartment. And then after that, it started in just one room, then two, and now it takes three rooms in my home. Which I'm not complaining. I love every single item I have in my collection. Jurassic Park became my life. It has given me the most joy out of anything in this world. I did not become a paleontologist, but I did become a filmmaker, and it was all thanks to Jurassic Park. It inspired me to pursue a career making movies, trying to create art. Jurassic Park gave me a purpose. It became my muse, my inspiration. One of the many reasons I get out of bed every day. That day in June 1993 was the day that changed my life. And I am so thankful for it. Alan Grant was a dinosaur man. I became the dinosaur girl. I love dinosaurs. And I love Jurassic Park. <laughs>